Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Ramblin' Podcast. Hello. Scott McLeod here, joining as always my good friend and co-host, Paul Brown. He emphasises the good friend, because we are good, good friends. Yes. Hello. Yes, and I wasn't going to mention this, but you know, a bit behind the scenes. We, I've been up here for two hours, and this is us just starting to record now. Yeah, we've been talking a lot of technical business about our fantabulous show. Yeah, we've just been coming up with ideas and everything, and uh, basically doing all... Of, we thought we'd have no more rambling before we started, but I'm sure we'll find that is not the case. Believe us, people, we could have recorded that bullshit. <laughs> good have, you could have, yeah, sorry, I did a drink, so I'll delete my response there. He's, he's being a good boy, people, he is drinking non-alcoholic booze. Yeah, I'm just drinking a monster, I need the caffeine to get me through, even though I think I drink, I drink, I drink, I drink monster on a far too regular basis. I don't There's think caffeine I have, in this. I do not want your El Dorado. El Dorado, do you want to sponsor us? Come on, send me some wine, you bitches. You've been, you've been trying to get a sponsor for the last, well, since we started. I don't think Always buy alcohol and tobacco. I mean, come on, they're always looking for someone to sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going about it the wrong way. We need, we need endorsements. Yeah. Well, Paul literally has no shame. He will be endorsed by anyone, within reason. I have no shame. Yeah. Within reason. Within reason. <laughs> reason? Huh? Hmm? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that was. That was just a drunken ramble. Mm. But we're here for one of the things we love talking about, and that is Frasier. Those of you listening on the Rogue Pain 3 may not have heard us talk that much about Frasier. I mean, you might have heard me mention Frasier yeah. in the past. You may have seen me almost... In my, I, they, they say it's on me, but I say it's Nathan and Jamie's fault. They ganged up on me, getting fucking Frasier put out in the first round of our sitcom showdown. They got, got Frasier put out in the first round of your sitcom showdown? I put it out in the first round against Cheers, because I thought, I mean, Frasier's way better than Cheers. Yes, I don't care about it. I don't care if it came from Cheers. It's way better. And then they went, no. And then they made all these arguments, oh, but you wouldn't have had it yet. Yes. But Frasier improved upon it. So what, it what, what won? I think even they admit that looking back on it, it probably should have been different, but fucking Scrubs won in the end. Scrubs sucks. Yeah, I, I was. No offense to any Scrubs fans that listen to us, but Scrubs sucks, man. We had Danny Creasel in it. Fuck Danny Creasel. <laughs> For those who forget, the actor who played Dr. Cox in Scrubs appeared in an episode of Frasier as uh, Danny Creasel, an old bully of Niles's. I, I may have been a little, cra- a little harsh there. Scrubs doesn't suck, I suppose, but. God damn it, Scrubs beating Frasier? I know. Hell, I know. hell to the no. I know. Hell to the no. But regardless of that, I've mentioned Frasier. I've mentioned <laughs> Frasier. Regularly on Rogue Opinions. Oh. And now you're going to get to hear a lot more of Frasier on Rogue Opinions. Thanks to us. I've we... got it. Hell to Rado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's done quite a bit of that El Dorado in the two hours I've been up here, so excuse him. He's had no booze. He's boring people. Boring. I'm not, I'm not boring. You sober man, you. <laughs> <laughs> One of us has to be to keep this thing fucking moving. Hell, I suppose. <laughs> so, there's nothing. To, nobody here is a straight man. One of us is the sober man. On this episode, it, for now. I'm sober. No, you're not. <laughs> don't even try and don't even try and deny it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I I try so hard to be, but it doesn't work very often. Mm-hmm. But you see, we started a mission a few years ago, for those not familiar, where we decided, we love Frasier, so we're going to review every episode of Frasier. Every the, single one. From the very beginning. And we used to do a once a week sort of thing, and sometimes, oh, we've missed a week, so we'll do two. And now we're on a thing where 
we think we've got quite a bit to go and we've been doing this for quite a while. So we decided, look okay, it, we're going to do once a, one week out of the month, now we do Frasier and we do three episodes in one. And I think it's, it's a lot more, doing. I think it's a lot more efficient, to be honest with you. It really is. And do you know what we, we do? We cover every single episode. We even covered that really crap one with Nathan Lane. We had to cover all the crap ones and the... There's ones I wish we, we could have skipped, but we can't always. What, one, what ones do you wish we could have skipped, Well, that Scott? one, Frasier's imaginary friend, the first episode of season five. I'm not the biggest fan of the first episode we're going to talk about here. I mean... Are you there, there, are, there are some great moments now that I've had to rewatch it. Uh, for this, I've watched it a couple of times, but yeah. it's, it's not one I'd actually go out of my way. If I was watching the D, the DVD that it's on the on the uh, the box set, yeah, then I might maybe skip over that and go for, from the first episode over to the third episode. I mean, maybe like you could maybe you could get maybe half a season's worth, uh, like an entire run of the show. Mm-hmm. You could get at least half a season's worth of. Less than awesome episodes. Yeah, and for their fucking to their credit, they all have. Every one of them has good elements. Yeah, but overall, they are not good episodes. Yeah, like season ten and eleven have not as many great episodes. No, they do not. They have some okay episodes, and they have some. Episodes. Well, you know, they're, I, just, they're just there. You know, I am very opinionated of those episodes because that is post marriage to Daphne Niles. Yeah, for those who are new to our free stuff, uh, Paul's not a fan of Niles post getting actually together with Daphne. Same with him being a creeper around Daphne, but you know, beyond that. Well, you, you we could do an entire show, in my opinion, but I think we spent enough time on this show. We're talking your opinion and on the. We've spent enough time on the actual reviews of on your opinion. Yeah. And we're going to... Because I think it's going to become more and more about your opinion than the episodes themselves once we get to the actual... You know, the lead-up to yeah. them getting together and the, the fallout from Definitely all that. Definitely should have minded her goddamn business. That's your opinion. Some people... That's, that's a big issue for those who aren't... We're only casual observers of Fraser. The yeah. hardcore Frasier fans are very divided on the, the Daphne Niles Hardcore Frasier fans on Facebook are very... Unhappy with my opinion. <laughs> I think it's less so what your argument is. It's just the approach that you go oh, about it. Oh no, I well, the you last, can be very blunt. The last time I gave an opinion on Facebook, as in regards to my opinion, I was actually very subtle. Hmm. I was very subtle, very forthright, very calm, and, and, and they still hated my opinion. Well, maybe just some people will never agree. There's something people will never agree on. It comes to Fraser. That is something that. Certain people yeah. not agree on. Some people are correct and some people are wrong. But we will continue. But we will continue. Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you know, I know you and I have been talking before the show. and We have. We, 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 we know, I don't know how you're getting on, I, you know how I'm getting on, but just for the parts of the people who weren't, weren't previous content, how are you doing? I am not too bad. <laughs> Especially not after the amount of Eldorado you've been drinking. Yes, I have drank a lot of gut rot wine. I am planning on prepping some very reasonable meals for myself and my son tonight. I am planning on having chicken huh. and noodles with soy sauce. Huh. Very simple meal, but very nice. Yeah. And I'm going to make fajitas for the boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's my it's my it's my one of my key you know, I can cook that kind of dishes. Yeah. I can do Mexican, I can do a good bolognese. Huh. 
I can do a fantabulous mince and tatties. When it comes to fajitas, are you much like a Kevin Bridges school or you know how your weed experience has taught you how to roll a really good fajita? Oh no, I roll a shite fajita. <laughs> <laughs> I roll a crap fajita. I don't have fajitas that often, but even in, as someone who, at the time recording is 24, probably by the time I come it's my birthday, all of having I'll be 25. Uh, you fucker. Again, not my fault, Paul. People are born after you. That's the way the world works. Otherwise, the population would not continue. Do you want to swap? No. Do you, do you want to be coming up for 37? I'd rather not. Yeah, I'd rather not too, but mm. where we go. Anywho. And you wonder why I drink? No, I think I know why. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. I do. My whole point was, even at my age, I still have other people rolled my fajitas for me if I can. Because my, I, I just make a mess of it, so... The bottom's not securely fastened, so you're going to lift it, all this stuff. I don't even have that much on it other than chicken and a little bit of cheese grip. I'm not yeah. a, a vegetable guy. Do, do you enjoy a, a spicy fajita or a, a pussy fajita? What, what is a pussy fajita? One with no heat to it. How do you mean? How do you mean? Expand. Well, I, I personally enjoy, like, like, you know how you get your your cool... Or your barbecue or whatever. I like, you know, a little spice in mine, you know, a little a little heat. I like, I like a mostly chicken with not a lot of like noises or peppers or anything, but I like, if I can, if the chicken is spicy, then mm. I don't mind it. Like, I'm very much a spicy chicken person. Right. I'll give you a good example, right? When I'm making burritos, do you enjoy burritos? I don't think I've had a burrito. I've had fajitas, but I'm not really a burrito. Mexican is not my forte. I'm, I'm very tame when it comes to worldly cuisine. I will need to make you some burritos. I'm a fucking master at making burritos. But maybe it's just my pickiness. I mean, I'd like to say I've gotten better compared to how I was a child, but I'm still very picky when it comes to what I eat. And nothing against the Mexicans yeah. or anything like that. But no, I, I make my, my burritos and I add my, my ingredient, a, a few drops of ghost pepper sauce. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> really good. <laughs> Make sure eyeballs sweat. Hmm. You know, that, that, that's uh, yeah, thing. that's because that's a that's a fun even. That's the kind of heat I like. But the trick is because you know a lot of time like when people are making stuff that is incredibly hot. Mm-hmm. The trick is to get that level of heat, but also a good level of flavor. Because hmm. you see, if it's just hot, then it's just hot and that's retarded. But if you get heat. And you get a good bit of flavour. Masterful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know people could not see me click and point, but masterful. I mean, man. they can hear one half of it, so you know they can infer the rest. Masterful. Hmm. <laughs> How did this become a, a food, suddenly a food network fucking show? Ramble. <laughs> Please, think a little, let me think. Random. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's walking down the road, there was just a cup, just randomly there. Random! I don't remember that, let me put. I'll show you, it's funny. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it is. You've really, you've really painted a picture with your words. Random. Well, you know, as I said, I'm turning 25 on Saturday. And, you know, I don't get excited to my birthday as much as I used to, which I think is very sad. I don't even remember when I turned 25. Do you realise how much I have drank since then? Well, that's your fault. You fucked your own memory. <laughs> <Not> my fault. <laughs> yes, I have. 
Yes, I have. You know, I'm not going out. I'm going to go to the cinema with my brother. And what are you going to go see? That new Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the new Marvel I film. bet you that would be super awesome. It will, and hopefully we've not been... Like, look, you know the last time I went to the cinema? March 2020. March of last year. What did you see? I went to see Birds of Prey. So you're not going to go and see that fucking animated thing about that little girl and her horse, son? I don't even know what that is. I seen it when I was walking past the cinema in Clyde Banging called Spirit or Spirited or some gayness like that. Huh. Well, yeah. well, no, I will not. I will not be seeing that. It's it's about a little girl who pretty much looks the same as the little girl from Inside Out. Uh huh. And a horse. <laughs> a horse. Well, that, that's what I get from the picture. You know what I mean? She's all she's all loved up because she has a horse in, and I assume like with some saccharine crap about it or some kind of crap. You know, you know Disney crap. You so know. this is what you know. I really think Paul missed his trick on as a movie reviewer because you're they're missing it on solid gold like this. That is gold, man. That is truth. <laughs> Saccharine pish. Anywho, yeah. So I've not been to cinema since March. I think it was first of March, two thousand twenty. Mainly because I didn't know honestly everything was going to go to shit the way it did. No one knew, Scott. Yeah. No one knew. And so I went, and I nearly fell asleep during it because I'd been staying at my brother's old house the night before, and I'd slept on his very uncomfortable couch, so I was very tired. I fell asleep during a movie once. I was drunk, though. <laughs> and also, my brother was going to an ICW show at the guys the same night, and he said, "You know," he said to me, "Oh, there's still tickets if you can buy at the door." You thought I come with, and I was too tired. I don't want. I didn't want to go. Kind of wish I did go because whether how lot did I know it'd be one of the few nights that I'd be afforded over the next year and a bit. Yeah, I heard. But then, then also, mum's working on the Sunday. Someone gets spent as much time during the day, but on the Sunday we're all going out for lunch. So you know, yeah. I've got kind of a birthday weekend kind of thing, which is nice. I heard the most recent like back on ICW show was sold out. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. heard, and I was also surprised by that because I was looking through certain comments on Facebook, and apparently some people are, you know, like a little unhappy with ICW for some reason or other. I don't know. Maybe it's just. I think it's difficult for people to get just the you know British wrestling as as it was after speaking out maybe or maybe it's just people aren't as into ICW now as they as it was yeah. you know they they said that Fear and Loathing's going ahead I don't know what that's going to mean for me and my brother and the other guys who've all bought fucking tickets together because you know we like I'm not like you know either want to go to, either want to go to Fear and Loathing and get pissed and yell at people yeah. uh, or I want my fucking money back <laughs> and you know. There's a quick question for you, Scott. If you could have been at any classic wrestling pay-per-view, any company, Mm -hmm. front row, what would you have been at? Front row. You know, weirdly, I think one of the best things if I did wrestling was where I'm actually really high up. Really? So what would you like to have been at, high up? Well, either way, like, I know ringside can be quite cool as well, but, like, if you're just on the floor but not ringside, it can be a pain in the arse. Trust me, I've been at shows... I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I could just see any WrestleMania because just being at WrestleMania in general would be oh, hell awesome. No. Do you know what I would have been at? What? Ground Zero. <laughs> when the Headbangers won the tag belts. Oh, fuck off. I'd have been there with the Headbangers, man. You, like, you'd yes. waste your one opportunity to be at any wrestling show to see the fucking Headbangers. Fuck yes, man. The Headbangers rolled, man. The headbangers were floppy as fuck. You can... They had, they had a tag finisher they couldn't properly execute. You can suck an ass, man. You suck an ass. The headbangers rolled. Mosh and Thrasher, man. And they lost the belts to those hillbilly bitches. 
God no. Big bangers fucking suck. <laughs> you suck. You suck. You suck. <laughs> so yeah, sorry for my boring. I was just basically Eddie and the rest of me. I tried. Me and nineteen. That'd have been Did, a good one. Didn't you see the headbangers come out for that Royal Rumble wearing those furry bras? <laughs> I think me. I'm gonna go back to my one. Me and nineteen. I think we'd be going because especially being ringside, just to be there to have a decent angle of fucking seeing Brock how terrifying that must have been. Like, I know just watching the telling the way they cut around it, but, like, actually, if you were there ringside, you could see it. What, you mean see Brock nearly cripple himself? I'm just trying to think how terrifying would that be for a fan there at the time. Yeah, Actually, yeah. in the building rather than watching it on TV, or being, being there just to see Shawn Michaels and Jericho and Shawn, Shawn's big kick campaign, or, see, or just see there to see The Undertaker skid, skid by you on his buddy motorbike when he's coming for his entrance. Uh, I don't care about... Him and his motorbike, but seeing Sean would have been cool. Mm-hmm. And seeing Brock, seeing you know Booker T being buried <laughs> oh, yeah. to fuck, mm-hmm. even though that was the point where he was at his highest fucking level. Uh-huh. Well done, WWE. <laughs> so I'm not going to say Triple H because I doubt very much Triple H, especially at that time. I doubt he would have been in the sense of going, mm. "Oh no, don't don't push that guy." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I've I've heard he was always, you know, what what was best for business. You know what I mean? But mm. still, I just point out the uh, time. I think some people say it's near twenty odd seconds. Nearly it took out for him. Uh, Virgil took about three, about five or so te- seconds longer. He pinned Teddy Biasi at SummerSlam Night One, but nobody yells at Virgil because people don't care enough about Virgil. Lonely Virgil. <laughs> I'm still proud of a thing I said on our show where we talked about Virgil winning the million dollar title. I said, Virgil looked out of the sold out Madison Square Garden and dreamed of one day where he would overcharge all of them for autographs. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, Virgil. You know. A Yokozuma. I mean, he should be happy about that that fact. He went and gave Yokozuna his first. Survivor Series legit squash because I mean Virgil was still you know seen as someone at that point you know and he is in some way associated with Niels having a match that he was so annoyed about his money that he tried to strangle Vince McMahon Virgil was yeah Virgil it was Virgil's had the match with me Niels at SummerSlam 92 oh, and yeah. that was the match that Niels was so annoyed about his money for even though he earned far more than he should have how much did he earn like we talked about like I think even last episode or the episode before that, they like nearly nine grand or something like that. Just for... what the fuck is he bitching about then? I know. What did Virgil learn? I don't fucking know. It's bus fare. <laughs> He's bus fare, I. Bus fare on a fucking sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. It's more than you deserve. You look at there. You go. There's a million dollar sandwich, and your bus fare. <laughs> Go, go forth and overcharge people for shit they don't want. <laughs> go take photos of people and then charge them afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Although, do you know, to be honest with you, see if he wasn't such a money-grabbing little bitch, mm-hmm. I'd love to meet Virgil. <laughs> like, that would be something, like, if I had a million-dollar belt, I believe I would make Virgil feel good by the fact that I would like him to sign it. <laughs> And it wouldn't, do you know what would make him sad though? It wouldn't be because I really loved Virgil. Mm. It's because I really love weird shit about wrestling. You know, some people would mention this to see, oh, 
Oh, this is Scott Tom Bates Fraser. Some people have listened before. Like, oh, good to Fraser episode. It's been a wee while. And we've wasted some time, but I will say this one thing first. For some of the people who have made, recently joined us, Paul, don't you know the Virgil on that? And let's mention Teddy Bias. You can take one of these tapes. We, I'm sure you've got 91. You could get me signed. <laughs> but, like, would you like to get a people of how you, made the, how you made the Million Dollar Man very upset? Why did I do it? Remember you told me you took that tape from me saying I think it was SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, I took I took uh, SummerSlam '89, I think it was. Was it not '88? What was the one where he was wrestling Hogan? Was that '88? Well, it was Hogan and Savage. But yeah, yeah that was '88. Yeah, I took him with tape, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's that's one where I fought Hogan and lost." <laughs> and I was like, "I didn't have any, but you won." <laughs> and that. That was probably the worst thing I could have said to the guy, but at the time I didn't have anywhere he had won. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you were being accurate. I'm trying to think of a paper you probably could have where he won, but I'm trying to think. Mania you know, 9? Aye. But then again, he won, he won, he'd won by DQ or something, getting sell DQ or carried out, so it's hard to know we had to look back. Did TBS actually win that or did he lose? Yeah, but I'd, I've, I had very few where he actually won anything. I remember the first time you told me that. I know you. I thought you just thought that. I didn't realise you actually said that to no, me. Sorry, I, mate. <laughs> I was like, I didn't have any way you won. Sorry, <laughs> I just wanted to meet you, man. I was at a signing where it was Eugene and Chris Masters. It was a random ass signing. It was an. It was an. It was an. Did, it was an did you go up to Eugene and go, "Hi, <laughs> hi, Eugene"? Somebody took him a uh, SummerSlam, a copy of SummerSlam 2040 signed because he was fought Triple H on that show. I was in behind that person in the queue, and he proceeded to tell us about how a spot into the steps left him with a big scar in the fucking back of his shoulder. I'll be honest, for a second, the way you said it, I thought you said SummerSlam 2040, and I was like, fuck's sake, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, SummerSlam 2040, where Eugene made his heroic comeback somehow. Oh, God, my, my back! Hi, ah, jeez, my hip. <laughs> oh, my hip. Hi! I used to be an athlete, son. <laughs> Uh, that's what it is, biscuity boils. <laughs> these used to be athletes, these. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, I thought, I thought you know, we'd seen some pleasantries beforehand. <laughs> SummerSlam 2040, Futurama style, Vince McMahon, he's heeding a jar. <laughs> I'm not from here. I have my own oh. customs. <laughs> Look at my crazy passport. <laughs> Golden Era! <laughs> that is total Golden Era! What do you mean, fucking Golden Era? They had Rusev doing that in 2015. Look at my crazy flag! They had fucking Rusev doing that in 2015. <laughs> why? I don't know. Because he's foreign. I mean, from what I hear. Do you know why they had him do it? Because he's not from here! He has his own <laughs> customs! <laughs> Look at his crazy passport! Look at his crazy mustache! <laughs> <sighs> I thought we'd exchange some pleasantry at the start, but I think some people will probably be wanting us to get to Fraser now, don't you? Get dollar points! <laughs> when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> so, we got. My son is a box! A box! So we've gone from wrestling to booze to Simpsons everywhere but Fraser. Yeah, no, everywhere. <laughs> We're almost 25 minutes in, by hey, the way. do you like cake? Yeah. Cool. See, we've mentioned 
wrestling. Sorry, I thought there was. I thought they didn't. I were like, where the fuck is he going? Oh, I just thought I'd mention cake because we were talking about random shit anyway. Cake. Everybody loves cake. Cake's are less. I love the cake. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Fraser? <laughs> yes. Hey, it's really. I, I nearly chilled us into a little Britain's t- tangent line, but we're okay. Yeah. Okay. Enough. Anywho. Chocolate. So we've got three episodes of Fraser to talk about. Uh, season 6, episode 2, Fraser's Curse. Season 6, episode 3, Dial M for Martin, and episode 4, uh, Hot Ticket. Hot Ticket. Mm-hmm. The episodes are very in quality. Uh, the first one, I'm not as much of a of a fan. I love the third episode, kind of in the middle, and the fourth one. But we'll get into that as we go. Yes. So we'll start off with episode two. Also, if you're new to Football Vamp, I guess through like Rogue Opinions, uh, make sure to check out the back catalogue and all the other past episodes. We do, we've got some done some good ones. There's some class episodes of Frasier, and even those ones that don't have a lot to them, we make sure to talk a lot about them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Open and Cafe Nervosa, as the show often does. No. As, uh, as Nails is preparing his coffee and he's going about his business. May, may I? And he's humming and everything. Yeah. Nails is sitting in a cafe, humming away, pouring his coffee, being very Nails as he, as he pours his milk and mm-hmm. cleans the little spout and... It does, he, all, does all the little particulars that Nails does as he goes to pour his sugar... The lid falls off, it pours all over the place, and two young girls, one of whom I recognise, but I'm not sure why I recognise her. Mm-hmm. The one that talks. Yeah. You know. The, but, one that, the one that had the speaking part. <laughs> yes, yes. But he's like, that was a very childish prank. Now you have ruined my coffee. And she's like, it he wasn't. Also, he also makes sure he goes, because also they seem very young, they also say, if you're not going to be grown up, you shouldn't be. coming to a grown-up cafe. Yes. And then she was like, it wasn't us. And then he looks over and sees the two older gentlemen going, ha 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 Two business-looking men in suits and everything. <laughs> Sniggering like little children at him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, huh. And then she's like, aren't you going to yell at them? Well, I'm sure they already heard me yelling at you. <laughs> I think, you think maybe that's Nails. Being a fr- he was confident with the girls because they were younger, but he thought, ah, oh, these are about my age, I'm, I don't like confrontation. Or I think Nails just being a pussy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. But I think it's a little like, he thinks, they're young, they're young school era girls, you know, I, I can use my authoritative adultness to. Mm-hmm. But then he looks over and sees two adults, and he's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they already heard me, heard you. And then in comes Frasier and he's like, he says, I'm a full, I'm a full-blown crisis. Well, if you're talking about that belt, I have emergency suspenders in my car. <laughs> no, my high school reunion is tonight. Oh, it's, not that Falderall again. It's not Falderall. It is Falderall. It's not Falderall. Every time my reunion comes around, go inside this severe downturn in my life. Five years ago, will divorce me. Five, five years before that, I was left at the altar. And five years before that, I fell in the poison ivy. And then here is right, right on schedule, five years later, just as I freshly fired. So th- still don't know why you went that poison ivy year. <laughs> and then he says, in ten minutes I've got a job which I'm extremely important, i got an extremely He's important like, job interview, which I, I am eminently qualified for. But now I have no chance of getting it, because fate won't allow it. 
Destiny plans me walking that region every year, the same way I, I do every time. The class loser, pitied and shunned by everyone until I'm sitting with the most pathetic people there. The chess club? Worse. Check the chess club's barbershop quartet. Oh, the checkmates. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I feel like I have a curse on my head. Oh, I... Fraser, come on, you're you're a man of science. You you know curses don't exist. That's a perfectly rational explanation for all your, these events. Your wife didn't love you. It's like, you tripped and fell into the boys' abbey. Your radio station changed format. Your, your wife, wife didn't, didn't love you. <laughs> if this is supposed to pep me, then quickly change to the peppy part. <laughs> this is a pep talk. Please yeah. get to the peppy part. Is <laughs> <laughs> this the way he immediately goes, well, I've got this job in the I'm not going to get it. I've cursed and everything. And yeah. So, but he, also, he, also, he, he immediately shoots himself down. Like, he uh, says, obviously, obviously, he's had a string of bad luck and obviously... It's also a bad time in that, again, he's been just fired as his union's coming. Also, who has a high school region every five years? Surely it should be, say, a bit more. I, I know some of, the, some of the people I went to school with. I don't I don't want to see those guys. <laughs> I don't want to see, see most of the people again, rather than every five years. I don't I'll, care what they're up to. I wouldn't mind seeing my little crew from back in the day. They were all cool. Well, until I went down to school with different crowds. But it's just how he's so quick to see a bit of curse, because before... Fraser wouldn't really give in to Chris. Like if Martin or Daphne said that the bad things were happening to him and that they convinced that they were cursed, Fraser would just scoff at them probably. But now he's got the curse and everything. It's nails. It's having to tell him to you know chill he, out. Like she, she said, like it's not. You know, there's an explanation for everything. You're a rash. You're supposed to be a rational man, mm. man of science and all that. And then immediately also saying, no, I have no chance of getting it, it's a bad mindset of going to job interview. I went into job interviews thinking, I'm not going to get this, and trust me, it does not prepare you for to come off with a great interview, especially given how much Fraser fucks up the interview that we're going to talk about. Yeah, week. I've been to job interviews. Sometimes I even got the job. <laughs> Fuck knows how. <laughs> but I got it. Do you know I even once got a job after drunkenly dropping my name in <laughs> the weekend before? <laughs> The guy phoned me up on the Monday with a hangover, and I was like, hello? And he was like, can you start the mora? <laughs> and I was like, all right, then. All That's right. a true story. That's what happened. I don't know how to respond to that, so maybe I'll just circle back to where we were. Circle. <laughs> and then, so Niles says, you know, the only reason you're giving any queens this, the idea of our curses is that you're nervous about this job interview. You're an intelligent man. Any station would be happy to have you, wouldn't they? I suppose. See, you're done. You got stuff down here, so you deserve this job. You're gonna get it. And you're gonna after a short trip to the store to return that garish belt. You will go to your join your reunion. Thanks. Is yeah, but where am I gonna get a date? Because I'm gonna get a, get a woman so desperate to agree to go to someone else's reunion. In comes Rose. Hi, Fraser. See, your luck's changing already. <laughs> also, like every between every like every so often when those are the words come up between scenes. It's stuff to do with, you know, yearbooks and school kids. I was like, comes up to class yeah. 68 at the start. In between here, next bit, it says best hair. So that would be important. <laughs> uh, you, go, you go to KGMC, which is a race station. He's looking to take where he's getting the interview. And uh, he's going to meet a guy called Stephen Ruggley. And he approaches a man who doesn't realise it's Stephen Ruggley. He thinks it's his assistant or somebody else. Yeah. Mainly because the guy looks fairly young. He doesn't look that young, like... Like, if they got a guy in like his 20s or anything... Well, he looks younger than Fraser. Well, yeah, he's younger, but Fraser's maybe, like, what, 40 odds by this point, though? No? I think he's supposed to be at least in his late 40s by then. Aye, Fraser is middle-aged by this point, so, like, 
like this guy isn't that much. And if you got somebody like twenty odd, then you could do this kind of thing where you yeah, realize that's, oh, that's what you see an issue in this episode. Well, no, I'm just saying the guy didn't look that much younger that Fraser would mistake him for, you know, a different. Uh, no, 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 no. But Fraser also, you think about it, Fraser like. At the start of the episode, Fraser's already anxious. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think this episode plays a lot into, like, um, even though it doesn't hit upon it, I think it plays a lot, like, it subtly explains, like, Fraser's own anxieties, mm-hmm. this episode, because as grounded an individual as he likes to portray himself, mm-hmm. Fraser is, I think we both can agree, is not a very grounded man. No. You know, he's a very... He's a very tense individual, yeah. Fraser. You know. I think you know we've it's explained you know in the past that he and they obviously given you know what they're into and everything. They were not popular kids at school. No, that that's very obvious. And obviously, Fraser being embarrassed in the past obviously does not help further play into thinking that he's just still a loser like he was back day, despite how far he comes and how much success he may have. Yeah, everything. So yeah, I think that does play into some of his anxieties and everything. Even even like when we get through the well, once we've got through this next bit we're coming to, I'll give some opinions on it. Sure. No, uh, so he's talking to a guy, maybe on the guy. He goes, "Oh, you come to the right place," and uh, he's talking to the guy. He goes, "Oh, can you fetch me some coffee before I interview?" And oh, before the guy oh, can wait, no, before the guy goes to explain, he then he's like, "No, maybe some chamomile some tea. Chamomile tea with just a hint of lemon. That's like two teaspoons, honey." <laughs> and he goes, well, he gives you as soon as my assistant comes back. I'm Mr. Royal. And he goes, oh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. And uh, it's, a, it's a great sinner. And the guy seems pretty like, understandable about yeah, it. Yeah, but then, al- already, mm-hmm. at that point, Fraser's anxieties are already, mm-hmm. you know, because already he's mistaken mm-hmm. the man he's supposed to be in an interview with for yeah. a for someone that Fraser would consider, and let's not be about it, someone Fraser would consider a nobody. Yeah, but like... And also, I think job interviews, everybody knows it's going into You want to make the right first impression, and so yeah. if you're making a, a faux pas, as Fraser yeah. has. Uh, you're, ner- you're nervous about an interview. The first the first thing you don't want to do is make a bad impression of the guy who's interviewing right. you. Because when they go in and the guy says, let's start the interview, Fraser, he's almost a sigh of relief that they haven't started yet, so it like, gives him a bit of a second chance, which he yeah. doesn't make good on, but, you know, it's not his fault. Well, the, the guy does seem reasonably understanding. Yeah, he's gotten a new belt. But he doesn't mean like he's flies on it and puts his <laughs> shirt is sleeves out. And the guy goes to you know, be polite and warm about it. And, and he's, Fraser thinks he's talking about the belt. He goes, yeah. I know, it's a bit risky. People have been coming at it all day. But I, I like it. He puts his arms out. He can yeah, get it. He it more. He goes, I say, I was walking to a park. I caught the eye. With many a young lady. And they're like, oh, God, I thought you were talking about my belt. And they does the bit where he said, oh, thank God, we haven't started yet. And he comes in and, he's t- and he goes, and he accidentally calls him Mr. Ugly. Because he runs to go, oh. I'm sorry. I guess make sure I separate the R's. Mister Rug. Mister Rug. Rug. And it's like the guy's hair does look. Yeah, like he's kind of wearing. Yeah. The minute he comes in, you can quite easily tell the man's wearing a hairpiece. Yeah. Which, and which I don't think they did enough. Maybe it's because Fraser think it's maybe a bit better than that. But like, do you have a thing where Fraser may have accidentally knocked his his hairpiece off or done something more than that? You're like no, like, I mainly that sketch in Boston where the guys maybe. Blowing the air machine, but the guy's clearly got the wig, so he's trying not to. Yeah, I think, though, uh, particularly with Fraser, mm-hmm. if we'd have emphasised that, I think it would have been a little, been a little subpar in a comedy. Uh-huh. I mean, it's funnier because it's subtle. Mm-hmm. You know, like because like you're sitting watching it and you're going. Well, you say subtle, I mean another 
Some people, well, I mean, some people call it like a rug, and he's saying the word rug like three times, emphasizing well, it. It's subtle in humor. Like, like if you if you're watching the episode, it's subtle within the show, but you're sitting watching, it and you're going, oh, mm-hmm. you're like you're sitting. What the first time I've seen it. I'm sitting watching it, I'm like, by the time you said it the third time, I'm like, stop saying it, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, stop saying why, why rug. Saying, why is he saying rug? Why is he saying Mr. Rug Lee? Why, why, if he'd just done that, then the guy wouldn't have really thought anything of it. Then they, they talk about the person who's placing Dr. Wendy and everything. Like, it doesn't feel right to keep her on. Was, well, I admired this decision. I mean, her frankly, second style may have been made it popular, but you know, it's, um, it's below your station standards. Dr. Wendy is my mother. She's quite ill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the assistant comes in and goes, Can I interrupt? Oh, please. And she goes against the message and he's talking to her, so he gets up to kind of, gets around trying to think, gives him a moment while he's talking to her to kind yeah. of compose himself. And then he has to fiddle around with yeah, the shelves. May I cut in sure, here? Sure, sure. Because this particular part of the episode has always bugged me. Yeah. I, get, I get that he's nervous, I get that he's twitchy, but why did he feel the need to, like, he could easily have, because he goes to the bookcase. Mm-hmm. He goes to Mr. Ug- <laughs> he goes to- <laughs> for goodness sake. He goes to Mr. Rugley's bookcase, and he's just kind of like, if he had just kept his hands at his side or in his pocket or even clasped, been fine. But he goes and like once again, it really plays on his anxieties and his nerves because he's he's just. He's twitchy, he's footering with things, and he touches it. Mm-hmm. The, the, this little, this little ceramic or little yeah, giraffe, giraffe like figurine, figurine on his on his mantle. See, it does look like something a child would make. Yeah, it like... really does. It looks like a child's toy, but he grabs a little thing, and it obviously plays on how nervous he is because he grabs it mm-hmm. and he's looking at it. And the minute he hears Mister Rugley, mm-hmm. you know, talk to him, he's like, "Oh." And he twitches and he breaks the thing. And you're like, see, for see, God's sake, why think, did you even lift it? I think part of the reason he's twitching all the way is they can hear them talking. And uh, the woman says, you got he picked up his car. He said, well, yeah, I had to park across yeah. the street. Some get idiot bought, parked their BMW in your space. And Fraser just like, eyes wide a bit. So just doesn't tell you a lot. But he eyes wide yeah. and you think, it was your BMW once. And, and they say they're going to have it towed. And then that, he packs. And then yeah. he doesn't grip it too much. But given he's like, so it's anxious, exactly, it's just like. Yeah, it's just. When you think of Fraser, like, uh-huh. and you think he's he's he always likes to portray himself as such a grounded individual, and mm-hmm. but in this particular instance, he is so he's so ungrounded. You know, I mean, I can't think of a better way to put it, but he is so nervous, so twitchy, mm-hmm. and you're like, for goodness' sake, you know, like ground yourself, yeah, man, chill, and then you know, you you're either going to get it mm-hmm. or you're not going to get it. Then he, he he makes it even worse on because when he does it, he's trying to like position it and lean it on something. Yeah, it so could have left it where it was. And then and then he kind of almost panics because it didn't look quite right. But from a distance, if he'd stood in front of him from a distance, the guy would have been looking at Fraser <sighs> as he goes to sit back down because he was offering him coffee and he's pouring. Yeah, he, he the coffee. lifts so, it and so, takes it with him. Like, like, so Wrigley's not looking at the giraffe. Yeah, in question, so he will not notice it until after Fraser left, which by which point he could have already got the job and. Even if he'd seen it, he had, how would he be able to pit prove that it was Fraser because he couldn't see him do it? Yeah. So if he just let it was by, he kind of tucks it, and he tucks it under his armpit rather than sneak in his pocket, which would have been a lot more easy. I don't know how he would have done it, but like he chose the worst possible hiding place. Yeah. Because then he goes to reach for the coffee, part of it falls, and then it goes, if he goes to cover that up, the other bit falls in. But saying work. that, that just, I mean, I think Fraser, like, 
the program mm -hmm. itself is so subtly clever, <laughs> and you don't notice it sometimes mm -hmm. unless you're really thinking about it. But it is mm -hmm. so subtly clever in the way that it points out mm -hmm. the way people's anxieties are. Uh -huh. Because if someone's got a severe anxiety or whatever, mm -hmm. that kind of shit can happen to you. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can become very twitchy, very unorganized, very mm -hmm. erratic. You know, it's such a clever scene. Mm -hmm. It's a very odd scene, but if you think about it, it's such a clever scene. It is, yeah. And you I think know? obviously, like, the whole point of things, he thinks things are going to go wrong, they're destined to go wrong for him, and then things do for it to an almost... Catastrophic level. Extent, yeah. yeah. The worst possible things that could happen to him in that interview do, do happen, and so it plays in, it further feeds on his idea that he is cursed, which totally. helps the narrative, even though the idea of him being cursed is ridiculous. Uh, and... You know, it's one of the things where you go into something know that you're going to fail and then things do, you're not going to be in the right mindset to try and fix things that go wrong, which means yeah. you're going to make it worse, which Fraser does. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, come on, we, we must have all been in that position at some point in Yeah, life. and then he uh, like said, like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, it fell apart in my hand, I was admiring it. He goes, you know, oh, I'm sure your child could happily make you another one. I said, my father made this. Well, he's like, if, you, if your child's anything with mine, he'd be happy to make you another one. My father made this. After, his, After stroke. his stroke. And the one thing I noticed when I was watching it back earlier today, uh-huh. And it it's the first time I've properly noticed it. Mm -hmm. The sadness in Mr. Rugley's voice. Like <laughs> he's like, My father made that <laughs> after his stroke. And you're like, God, man. <laughs> you know, you've just you've just you know, his daddy made that. And then Bazer basically knows thankfully when to leave. Yeah. Saying like, well, 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 it's been nice. They've barely even done what you described. They've barely done anything interview-wise. So he goes to leave, and then makes it even worse. But somehow, going to grab his umbrella that he placed on the table. And yeah. pushing the umbrella forward into Mr. Rugley's coffee cup and it's pouring nice. it on his nads. Right, and he gets up and he's out, like, and he just runs in and goes, I'm going to be hurt quick if I'm going to beat that tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Oh. We go back to the apartment where yeah. Nails is getting in the elevator and Martin's getting in with a shopping trolley, which yeah. has got Eddie in it. And he's, he's talking about how... I thought it was weird that he ate the whole thing. Oh, by the way, uh, Cutest Couple, that's the next bit that comes up in terms of uh, you know tying into the reunion aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Then he's coming in and uh, he goes, they gave me such grief at the grocery because I brought it in. Well, it's not exactly sanitary, Dad. Well, when they get rid of the guy with pink eyes who's hanging out cheese samples, they can talk to me about sanitary. <laughs> I would be on Martin's side on that one. And like, it's weird about the whole thing with dogs because he's going back it's like, uh, he bought some more expensive dogs because he bought cheap stuff, but Eddie won't go near. He likes the expensive stuff. It's just why I'm glaring and it stuck out to me. Like, didn't they do the storyline already with Robert? Yeah, with that whole did. store was post store that, you know, Martin did my apologise to him, but he had to go in because Eddie really liked the fancy dog food. We did do that, but that was an instance of the programme itself doing something that Fraser never usually did. Mm. Going back to a point, you know, like, in the show. Yeah. Because... I don't know if you noticed that over the run of the show, we didn't do that often. Like mm -hmm. once, once a topic or a subject had been hit on, <laughs> we didn't really go back to it. So that's one of the rare instances where, like, oh yeah, Eddie likes the, the yeah. fancy dog food. Maybe he sorted things out with Robert. Or maybe he found a shell to go in and yeah, but like get the food. I think know? that's what makes it annoying when they do do it though. And I think maybe it was just a convenient way for Fraser to be in a. An unfortunate scene with the shopping cart later on. Is it, anno is it annoying because they don't expand on it, though? 
Is that what annoys you? No, I don't think it's annoying. I think it's not as annoying. It's not as annoying as the glaring thing about Martin and the brother that we've talked about before. But it's just, like, <laughs> it's just the fact that it's just so thrown in. The... Wait, let's not talk about that Greek episode. No, we don't. don't. No, yeah, that, yeah, there's one I could go on without. Let's stick. Let's stick what we're on. Am I right? <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> skin crawl. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. Do that again. You're getting punched. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> That was a nice punch. Next, try, try next time. Anyway, but anyway, don't see you. Am I getting a skewer in my eye if I mention it again? <laughs> but so it's just way just thrown in there. Uh, but he said like, you know, he won't touch the stuff. This is his favorite. He goes, well, you know what they say? If you've tasted animal byproducts, you can't go back to the economy. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes like, you know, when you talk about you picked a restaurant for dinner, and he goes, oh, I got a better idea than that. My old precinct's having us on these seized property accidents down to fairgrounds. Oh boy, what's the better idea? <laughs> Come on, these drug dealers have some pretty cool stuff. Well, I guess I've been searching for a, for a wide brim purple velvet hat. And he's able to get the, uh, the car out of the yeah, elevator. He wants and... to be a pimp. <laughs> He's going, just come for a while, and then we can go to dinner. And then you come in, and Daphne goes, oh, I'm glad you're home. He goes, stop the crane. Never seen him like this, you know. Oh, I suppose the job interview didn't go bad. Didn't go well. He goes, no. He mumbled something about it being worse than the Dresden premiere of... Shun- Sh- Schubert's Unfinished Symphony. And you left him alone? Schubert's Second Symphony. And you left him alone? alone? And he nails runs into the kitchen. <laughs> nails finds under- Fraser with his head in the oven. He's like, oh, my God! Like, Fraser jumps and bangs his head on the inside of the fridge. He, goes, he runs as he nails it up, the, up towards the fridge. But he goes, he's in the kitchen and he does his big run back down towards the yeah. kitchen. And he goes, oh my god. And he's got his head in the oven and goes, ah. And Fraser bangs his head like, I'm sorry, definitely just said your interview didn't go on. Here you are with your head in the oven. I was cleaning it, Niles. It's electric. <laughs> I was cleaning it, Niles. It's electric. Besides, if I were going to end myself, I would choose something a little bit quicker than broiling. He comes in, he's got oh, just a white shirt, he's got sweatpants on, he doesn't carry his appearance because he doesn't want to go to his reunion, he's got his white shirt all covered in grease because he's been a... Uh... May I? If I may. If you may. If I may. If you may. What? Don't you find it just a little bit off that Fraser would have sweatpants? Well, we all have our bad days. We we have the days where we don't care what we... You think... You think... Yeah. It's it's just the way Fraser and Niles are portrayed in these early seasons. It's just a this is a thing. I think he has them. I think he has. It's not as if he's never worn sweatpants before, you know. Because yeah, do you think I'm hanging he, up too much? Yeah, on this? I think he was showing he can be a regular guy at times, and yeah. which is why sometimes it's a bit jarring to see him kind of be so uppity when he comes mm. to maybe he's hanging around Niles when he comes to Seattle. <laughs> but like, I think you have days where you just don't want to do anything. I think Fraser is past the point because as Chris, where he's past the point of caring. Yeah, he yeah, he's so. sort of like he's at his lowest ebb. Yeah, so also he's gonna have like he probably had some left over when he was gaining weight when he lost his job originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His big and tall lounge pants. Yeah, basically. I've got a few pairs of lounge pants. They're lovely things. Very comfortable. Fraser, <laughs> you're not famous anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe and then, we did that. And they thought, and everybody goes, you know, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way you want to. We just, David Kaiser just walks by with Eddie in the, the trolley. Can't look much like my strict no shopping carts in the apartment policy. <laughs> and he goes, don't worry, I'll take the stuff back. And he goes, I need to return that cheap dog food. Okay, I'll go get some cleaning supplies. I'll do it. And he goes, I'm not going to my reunion. Why not? Because I'm cursed. Oh, you know, you're just, 
you know, maybe they'll, maybe, maybe they'll call back, maybe you got the job. Believe me, Dad. I have a better chance of being called Miss Teen USA. Miss <laughs> like, Teen USA. This is all the way he says, Miss Teen USA. And then he opens the door, Roz is there, also ready to come with him at his reunion. I hope one day I will win that title. I doubt it. Damn. Uh, now you get to oh dear god. Well, just how casual is this thing? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to tell you when I go. Sorry, I love that, but... Like, just how casual is this thing? And then... He's just, he's like, oh, I hired a babysitter at the last minute. Like, I got Michelle to do my hair, and I just listened to. So, I, don't know, I don't know, I can't remember the name of the lady. Yeah. Just so I could win a free makeover, and say we're not going. Like, well, I can't, because I have this curse on my head. What curse? I think the configs are conspiring to humiliate him at every reunion. Oh, come on. All right, let's let's examine the evidence. Definitely, would you pass me the paper? It's got everybody, the newsletter, right? Yeah. yeah. Going to the Read out people's names. He goes, uh, Ah, the Bryce Academy Crier. Which coincidentally was Fraser's nickname the first year he went there. <laughs> Go to page eight. Scott Alexander. What's he been up to? Uh, wife, kids, own his computer software business. And yes, I, have, I do feel the need to put on the Daphne voice. I know. I'll put on a Fraser voice in a moment. Yes. You know, it's nice when you do the voices, you know. Creates, you know, more of an image in your head. I know, I know. Where are you? And he goes, ah, Patsy Kurtz. Mother of three, successful physician, has invented a drug that may aid in the treatment of cancer. Ah, cure for cancer. <laughs> Did I do it well? One day, yeah. One day, be green <laughs> with envy when I show up and tell them this story of my life. Doctor Fraser Crane, attached, unemployed, living with my father. He spends his days scrubbing his oven and anxiously waiting his Disney. upcoming tooth cleaning. And uh, Fraser, everyone has their in their hands. Probably know that Gilbert Cancer didn't pan out either. <laughs> and then Nails just looks at him and goes, One can only hope, Dad. Does it be like, What the fuck are you doing? Uh, Grasping at straws at that point. Uh, come on, Fraze. That cure for cancer probably wouldn't work out. We can only hope, Dad. And I said, Oh, if you, if you go down there with a sunny head stew, I'm sure you'd have a good time. That's what I thought last time. Remember, got me? Table 97. Saying goodbye, my Coney Island baby. With, with the, the checkmates. Maybe it's something different. And I- at the end of this review, I will say something that I think is prompt and, you know, apt and all that. Yeah, yes, prompt? that's what I thought too. The thing I can beat the curse, that's the thing the curse does. It thinks you think you can beat it, but I can't. <laughs> Which really bleeds into the paranoia and everything. Was... Now, excuse me, I'm going to take a little errand, a little errand for my friend Eddie. When I come back, I'm going to do some housework. I've been evening with Daphne, listening to my new psychoanalyst tape. Depression, anxiety, and death. It's read by the author himself, Dennis Cloth Monk. You can tell he's depressed when he says, My friend, Eddie. And he goes, and he's putting daddy's one, now who's cursed? <laughs> and he comes up most likely to succeed. That's the next one. As uh, Vajor appears outside the the supermarket with his tree of his trolley with dog food in it, and uh, yeah. he sees a guy with some cans. He goes, Sir, you know, there's a recycling, bleaching recyclers over there. I know. And the guy just dumps a bunch of cans into a regular bin and goes, well, on behalf of Mother Earth, I thank you. Yeah. And then he goes to, he feels the need to go into the... Thing to get them, and he's like, oh, who in Earth drink chocolate soda? I wondered myself, who in the fuck would drink chocolate soda? Why not just drink chocolate milk? Who knows? Why, uh, would, why would that even be a thing? The figure, it's like, not even thinking how it looks to see him, like, dragging the, the cans out, and he's putting them in the, the trash. Yeah, yeah being all, all like... You know, disheveled, joggies, t-shirt, 
Yeah, of Andreese. So you can see how some people would think he is a, a, a bum person. And then <coughs> so a guy along his uh, in Percy Williams and he goes, Oh, hello, and he goes, Yeah, and he's like, Ah, heard you, heard you were off the radio. Yeah, yeah. You know, Frazier, my wife heads up a cherry that helps homeless people get back on their feet. I as I heard the Scrap Foundation is very popular in my circle. <laughs> Which, depending on when you get how you look, yeah. you should call them, you know, they could help you. Me? Oh, no, the shopping cart. No, I'm afraid you're something from the wrong person. Can I, can I do a bit? So my, my, not my dog, but it's my father's. We walk off, and Fraser realises what we think, and he's like, I just threw out a $200 belt. No, I, live, I live up there, I live in the, the LA Bay Towers. I drive BMW. I collect African art. I just threw out a $200 belt. You're always a proud one. I'm not proud. Take it, and for God's sake, spend it on some food. <laughs> If he gives hands some money, and then next bit it comes up as class clown. Uh, take it for God's sake, spend it on food. <laughs> and then I, uh, I feel he, I, I feel he figure out whether they're upset for him or disappointed in him. Where yeah. he says, oh, "For God's sake, spend it on food." And he comes. So Daphne's sitting in the apartment, and comes, uh, and comes Martin goes, "Oh, that's a police auction." And Martin goes, "Oh, you didn't really miss anything." So when it started raining, then in comes <laughs> with a bunch of ads. I made out like a bandit. <laughs> I was drunk. They'd have some incredible taste. You know, you know, next time I have, next time I get married, I'm going to register there. <laughs> and then comes Freezer looking all swelled. Now he's now he's in nice tux and everything. Mm. He looks very dapper in the yeah. tux. I ran into Percy Williams. Of course, he mistook me for a street person. And I got down there. I'll be finding myself. be passing everyone around like Swedish meatballs. Or along with the Swedish meatballs, sorry. Yes. And well, yeah, I'm glad you're going. You're paying all the nice time. You look great, thank you. And then opens the door, and now that now that Rose is there, is innocent dress, but her hair is a bit, you know, disheveled. Yeah. And she goes, you have no idea how big you owe me. Well, I Rose, I appreciate. It. I will never ask you for anything again, except could you maybe fix your hair? Like Fraser, when you called, I was in the tub with a pint of hog nuts. Considering that was 15 minutes ago, I think I look pretty good. Pint. Yes. God's sake. Hmm. Women had been stood up. Leave her alone. Well, that's no reason to intentionally make yourself fat. Anyway, we all have our days. You know, I appreciate it, Roz. Really do. Definitely could you help, please, help Roz finish? I am finished. No, no, finish more. <laughs> <laughs> and remember what I told you. Yes, that's right. I'm a model slash daughter slash daughter of the Duke of Luxembourg. Yes, yes. Come along, you guys. Trophy Duchess. And Fraser goes. And uh, Niles goes, Fraser, are you actually so desperate to try and press these people you're going to have Roz pretend to be some sort of trophy girlfriend? Trophy Duchess? <laughs> he goes, like, I have to, Niles. There's only way to beat the curse. You can beat the curse by not going. I tried that, Niles. You know, with the curse my hand away to humiliate me in absentia. I've got to get that now. Why? You know, when they prove some strangers? Because, no, no, I know it sounds foolish. No, Fraser, it's not foolish. It's human. Think about it. The feeling of inferiority you've been carrying with you since high school, which I think goes back to what we were talking about earlier on. Yeah. And then he goes, no, that's the real curse. You're not the Bryce, Bryce Cryer anymore. You know, you're a successful man. You have an opportunity for real growth here. Not by trying to impress these people, by realizing they don't matter anymore. And then he goes, Roz, oh, Roz, you look beautiful. Thank but you. we're not going. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, you know, I just I was on to something there. It was about my personal growth. You know, I don't care about these people more. I want them to know that. Fraser? I did my hair twice. I hired a babysitter twice. twice. I heard a miracle of like- engineering by facilitating myself in the list dress twice. And you're gonna stand me up, me up twice. Technically, you only did your hair once, and she said something like, yeah. Shut up. 
One day you're gonna need a real big favor from me, buddy. I know the day comes. You know what you can do with it? I think I have a pretty good idea. Yeah, we'll do it twice. <laughs> I love drawers and that. Scene. I love how Fraser feels affronted when you know he's, he's the one that stood up twice. He goes, "Well, that's that was something." And I I would be as annoyed as Rose too. And Fraser goes, "No, please get that tantrum. I should do it at least once a week." Poor thing needed help slamming the door. <laughs> and then comes my. Uh, Alright, uh, Mario goes, hey, Fraser, I was talking to Duke on the phone, and your agent clicked in, you know, she couldn't, she had a payphone, she couldn't really talk, but it's that uh, KPOV wanted you to host your own show for them. My own television show? My own television show? On KPOV, oh, congratulations. He goes, oh, this is a bigger opportunity for personal growth. I'm a prestigious new job, not even going to the union to post about it. It would be a great opportunity, wouldn't it? Yeah. Have a good time, Fraser. I will. What you say, Niles, or... Be a great opportunity, wouldn't it? Have a good time, Fraser. <laughs> Thank you, Niles. <laughs> and then, like, Martin admits that he made up after he leaves and everything, right? And it was a lovely gesture, it and really you, was. You, and he's done it in the past where he's lied to get a help from. Yeah. You know he meant well, more. I think the one he maybe have went a bit too far, cause, not just because of what happens at the reunion, but we always think, what's he going to tell Fraser the next day? When he when he finds, when he's eventually is going to have to tell him, or he eventually talks to BB, and he knows like he doesn't have the job. If I was Fraser, <laughs> and I know this might seem odd, if I was Fraser, I wouldn't be annoyed at Martin. I'm not. Well, it only meant well. Uh-huh. He was trying to do his best by his kid. Mm-hmm. When you, I mean, I know it's hard to think of Fraser just as his kid, but he was trying to do his best by his son. Mm-hmm. Nothing more he could have done than just try to make him happy. That's all he's trying to do. Yeah, and he went to nails all I made up. You know, I just want to give him something to brag about. Yeah, he just wanted to make him happy, but you know, oh, didn't work out. Oh, you know, isn't that a little risky? Like, well, somebody you know is not true. Oh, not too much. Yeah, probably people. Some of those people probably. Just the guard. No, you know, some of those guys that I probably don't even heard of KPOV. Like, and then Daffy goes, in. I knew it. When you said KPOV, I knew it sounded familiar. Kelvin Goodstone, you know. One of his classmates, it's my mate station manager. Nails and Nails and Martin look at each other like, like, oh no, like, wouldn't that be nice? They'll be working together. Oh then, my god! No, come down now. Oh no, this Gerstin guy won't even show up. He's probably got a new, really busy. He's just got a new job. <laughs> You're right. And he's just, look at this. I'm fighting like Fraser. I think there's a real curse. Daffy comes in. Look at here. He's also serving as his reunion coordinator. And then they all look at each other as a big flash of lightning. What's up, them. Fraser's curse. And then she was a group of people all chatting and everything, and then the checkmate's off in the background, and Fraser comes in and goes, Hi. And there, he like, spells it, but everybody just turns away because obviously he's been probably called out by that girl stone in front of everybody and knows that he's not. Yeah. got that job, and he goes and sits down with the checkmate, it's all defeated. Hi, fellas. Hi. Hit it. And then the guy plays the mark, and they all start singing, Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And they all start singing, Coney Island, baby. <laughs> And, I, uh, and just, all of our friends are just the table, but still his deep voice. Never want to see you. Do you know? Do you know? I think Fraser really took away his own joy there. If it was me, I would have seen that as a plus. <laughs> I'm sure you would. I would have loved to have been singing baritone for the fucking checkmate, checkmates. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Why the hell does a check the chess club really need a uh, barbershop quartet because everyone needs a barbershop quartet okay the college could have done with barbershop quartet it really couldn't have 
You and me and two other idiots to do that. Why are you getting me involved in this? Because you're involved in the show, so you're involved in the quartet. I want to be in the quartet. Well, you are. Are you going to be Fraser? Are you going to go, Nah, we're going to see you, Winnie. Yeah, it was, hello, hello, hello. I'd be like last one. Everyone going, hello, hello, and I'd be like, hello. <laughs> and then so we got the credits of Roz and having her both, you know, smiling into a guy. Still her dress, by the way. Looking retarded, in my opinion, but there you go. Could you use a better expression than that? Looking very, very, very dumb. I guess she looks very dumb because she's still busy like, smiling and, you know, Potential, we can't hear it because all the music's playing. Maybe doing that laugh that you took to you, you enjoy that weird Roz laugh. Who in the name of Christ wears a fancy dress to a cafe and smiles at someone like we're going to stab them in the eye? I don't know, maybe she's, she's at her practice flirting. She's not dated a lot. But. And uh, so she's smiling at this guy and then she goes to pour her coffee and much like what happened to Nails earlier, it spills and. The guys are laughing, but the guy who she was there didn't seem to look too put off, so maybe maybe it worked out well, who knows. She still smiles at him like she's going to cut him. Fraser's curse. Now we, we got into it, and I think we had some good discussion about it. We'll give it a rating in there. MP Wosley, the ratings. Double thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, single thumbs down, thing, double thumbs down. Now, it's not one of my favourites. It's definitely not a, a double thumbs down. No. But I think now there are some fine ones like when Nail's going the, the and you left him alone <laughs> and you left him alone. Yeah, there are some stuff to, and that makes does make it you know, enjoyable. It does make there it enjoyable. There's some stuff that does make it enjoyable. Everything. So I might be generous and give it a thumbs up because it's definitely not a thumb a fully thumbs up episode no. in my opinion. No. Well, I would on one of these rare occasions. I am in agreement with you. Ah, you, you'd give a thumbs up in the middle as well? A thumbs in the middle. It is, not, it is not one of my utmost. Do you know why I give it a thumbs in the middle, though? You tell. The checkmates. <laughs> so without the checkmates, this would be a thumbs down episode for you? Well, no, it'd be a thumbs in the... It'd be still a thumbs in the middle, but... You know. As, well, do you know, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I personally give it a thumbs in the middle... Two a thumbs up, and I'll tell you why. I like the sort of seeing the sort of psychology aspect of it, like the whole thing, especially that scene when we interview and blah blah blah. I love like I love the way Fraser sometimes subtly actually points out some, mm-hmm. you know, mental issue kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like we we hit on his anxieties, we hit on his own uh-huh. insecurities about himself. So I think. Like, it's subtly very clever and talk and sort of pointing out the way the character is. Uh-huh. So I think that's really, really quite clever. Mm-hmm. It's still a thumbs in the middle, but I could easily, it's easily wobbling towards a thumbs up for that itself. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's definitely a clever episode. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not like what you would expect from standard Fraser, you know, like pompous, funny, ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, some prick revs in the background, you bastards. Yeah, cunt. <laughs> yeah. I don't do half measure, Scott, you know that. Yeah. He's revving his car whilst we are doing the show. He is a cunt. An inconsiderate one, is that? An inconsiderate cunt. Yes. Anywho. Anywho. Subtlety. <laughs> That's the way I've seen, I've seen according to Anchor Analytics, I do it. 
I know exactly how this happened, but I've heard we have quite a few American listeners, so I'm, I still struggle to figure it out. Especially when we have we have two people who use cunt as frequently as we do, or no, as freely as we do. Do you know why because, we have because, so many American listeners? I was going to say because Americans don't usually like to use their word. No, 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 no. We have so many American listeners because just like we're UK based listeners mm-hmm. and we're Canadian based listeners, mm-hmm. and anyone else that listens to us. American listeners are hella cool, just <laughs> like them. Not all Americans, just the ones that listen to us. Anyone who listens to us uh-huh. is hella cool because they give us the fucking time of day. And I appreciate every goddamn one of them. Is that a little, little saccharine there? What were we talking about again before we started yelling the word cunt? I, <laughs> for goodness sake, I was talking about all of our listeners being fantastic. I don't know something about Fraser though when he's I, he, Well I was I was talking about the fact that like I would put it from a middle to mm-hmm. a thumbs up purely in the fact that it really does subtly point out like people's anxieties and whatnot. It really like it really does point it out, you know what I mean? Like people do have those anxieties, people can be that way to an extreme level. Mm-hmm. I I think like probably reason I is well it doesn't help that time between two episodes, I think, especially for this season are some of its strongest. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into why it's a few so good in a minute. But also, I think when I first tried to watch it, I couldn't really properly watch the scene in the uh, outside the grocery store where he's missing for a home because it, it just made me feel like, oh God, like Frasier, look, look what you've done to yourself. You've got yourself in a situation. It just, it was hard to watch Frasier, you know, be, bumming out, bumming out and everything, and looking, looking, looking how to feed and how he tries to. I'm like, no, 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 I live in it. I collect. I forgot. I like you said. I threw out a two hundred dollar belt, so it was sort of a bit hard to watch at times. But you know, it wasn't as bad. You know, you know that two hundred dollar belt bit is very like a later episodes mm. bit. Yeah. And did I mention I have got an Hungarian goose, <laughs> which you are more than welcome to bring over to our place? It is not my date. It's dinner. Anyway, we're about. Ahead of ourselves, let's go into the next episode, which is episode three, Dial M for Martin, which is also a play on Dial M for Murder, a 1954 movie directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Woot woot! How you like that? Which is uh, a, <laughs> I, I looked up the plot of which a guy finds out his wife is cheating on him, so hire so blackmails a guy, another a common criminal, to uh, kill his wife for him as revenge. <sighs> so, Thanks it, for that. I haven't seen that movie yet. It's a it's basically the the basic pro the basic description of the plot. That's the basic plot summary. I haven't got any deals how we black nails are, but you know, it's a killing. Well, like, all of Hitchcock movies rely around tying to murder somehow. Oh, so, mm. <laughs> you see. Anywho, yeah. So it opens in the apartment where Fraser's walking away. And Mark, he and Martin are in the middle of an argument. I can walk away from him. I'm nailing at you. And they're like, I can walk away if you want. If I want. It's my house. Yeah, you only forget it. You won't expect any of my stuff. Well, well if you had ra- if you had labelled it a rodeo bloopers, I wouldn't have taken over. I would have thrown it away. I wouldn't have taken over. I'd have thrown it away. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes storms out, and Martin just sits slumps down in his chair, and Vader kind of comes in all slowly, well, like, um, back and he's like, I'm I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah, no, it's been a tense, like, you know, being, me being out of work, work and being home, and being home so often. And then Martin's like, I know, I know. And they all, you know, it's sometimes, you know, we're getting, and we extra, try to be extra careful, but you're not getting each other's nerves. And then he goes, to, Peter goes to leave and then sees a number on the 
by the door. You're like, what's this? Oh, Colin came in for you. Rebecca Wendell. <laughs> Isn't that that model you've been after? I'm just a uh, model, Dad. A lingerie model. model. I met her at the symphony. When did this come in? Uh, about an, an hour, hour ago. ago. I was here an hour ago. Yeah, yeah you were in the tub. What well, didn't stop you yesterday when you came in there to tell me a peach smelled funny? For God's sake, how's this my fault? I put it on the special message ball we're all supposed to use. Awesome regime. Well, thanks a lot, Dad. I've been looking forward to this for a month. Oh, now you know how I feel about the rodeo tape. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, two things are no comparison whatsoever. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> hey. Yeah, he's like, oh, for God's sake, the two things are completely separate. Hi, Rebecca. And then he leaves a message where he goes, oh, I hope you're happy. Now it's there by the phone all afternoon waiting for it to ring. As opposed to what you normally do? Oh, that's what's coming from you. A man who spent the last five years working to an appling named Lazy, lazy Boy. boy. <laughs> Well, I'm so, well, I'm so lazy I can't get the hell out of here. I'm finished talking to you. Well, I'm finished, I'm finished listening. Yeah. It's you. You're running away from the problem. Not the problem. The, the yammering. yammering. Want to take over something? Try your mouth. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, you can see Roy, he runs in a Roy's at the cafe. Like, lot, he has a lot to go, please. You know, Frazier here? I hope not. I don't know. He's like, yeah, it's in a pill alley. Well, you know, it's tough. You know, people out of work. You get so irritable, woman. Go set the cup down to go. Oh, I said to go. <laughs> Maybe you two need a little break from each other. You ever thought about you know staying with Niles for a while? On uh, the frying pan in the fire, huh? Well, you know, now this place is huge. You need to work all the time. That's true. And now that Maris is out of the picture, and I was like, oh god, I, I just thought of something. At one point, your darling Lars were Lilith and Maris. <laughs> wow, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then, oh, well, yeah, that's. I think I'd put maybe top three at least if I had to give my favorite nails one-liners in the entire show space. Oh. In terms of insults towards Roz, this is top tier. Please start off. So in comes Niles and the other goes, oh, not interrupting anything personal, am I? Yes, Niles. We just loved. I'm your new mom. Oh, I'll be a son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 and he just says it so quickly and so casually as well. It's, it's the fact that I know it's David Hyde Pierce himself, but just that little smirk he gets just before he says it. It's like, well, I'll be a son of a bitch. Also, he said it jokingly, but then yeah, Rod kind of plays into it. And he goes, and she's, she's like, hmm. he's, like, he's like, yeah, I'll be a son of a bitch. And Cheeky kind of just looks at him like, thinking, like, yeah, oh. Cheeky cunt. And then he's at the end and he's like, and he goes, no, it's done. Robbie, tell now is your idea. Well, that's a Roz idea, but, you know, it seems that I have something here. You know, I've been butt-heads with Frazier a lot lately. Well, he has been very difficult. I don't know how you live with him. Well, that was Roz's idea. She just I can't live with you for a while. Did she? <laughs> well, she suggested I can't live with you for a while. Did she? <laughs> well, uh, because, you know, we talked about it when I first got shot, but then Maris was a problem. But now she's had a picture, you know. You still want me? He goes, oh, don't be silly. Uh, Dad, I want you just as much now as I did the first time. <laughs> Oh, I guess that worked out then. Thanks, Roz. Oh, don't mention it. Look at Niall's face is thanks enough. <laughs> she got that, that shitting grin and she walks away and Niall's like, you bitch, I don't feel sorry for what I said. I've got to be honest with you, Laura. I fucking love Roz in that scene. She's like, oh, that's no worry. Look at Niall's face is thanks enough. Like, oh, you know, Dad, you're sure you want to, you know, my apartment is quite far from McGinty's in the park. She want to live that far away. Oh, no, it's fine. I got the bus. You know, it's right, the bus stops right in front of your house, you know. Eddie, don't mind, Eddie and I don't mind taking the bus. Eddie? Eddie. Eddie. Oh, you know, Dad, I just remembered, you know, the, my building doesn't allow dogs. 
Well, that's, well, that's sells you know, I can't leave Eddie. Oh, what horrendous look. <laughs> well, thanks, Eddie. I can look for my own little place now. I mean, gotta have a space for Daphne. And then Nails like, Daphne. And you, do you really think, you think Martin had to have known what he was doing there? Like, well, he just goes, you know, I have oh, to find a place for Daphne. Of course he knew. Come he on. Knew. I, can I just say, mm-hmm. speaking as one. <laughs> as one. A dad knows. A dad knows. A dad knows. Anyways, you know, Dad, about that no dog rule. I could talk to Clarice out of my co-op board. We think she'd make an exception. Well, she's bent through quite a few rules in her day, and she doesn't want her husband to find out. She'll bend this, this one. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, Daphne can move straight in. Daphne can you move in straight away. Daphne. <laughs> you and Daphne. You and And then they come back to the apartment to tell Fraser and everything, and they go in and goes, "Oh, where's Daphne? I think she went to the market." And then. Uh, and Fraser goes to apologize, oh, it's all right, you know, Walter and Reggie goes, as you know, my afternoon actually went very well. Well, your underwear, my call, it's after you left. But for now, I'm having dinner Saturday night. And then he goes to tell that to you know, make himself scared. He goes, actually, I'm going to move in with Nile for a couple months. Oh, have some faith, Dad. It won't take me that long. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, think, I think, you know, we've been getting each other nervous a lot. And, you know, I think it's, you know, it's a little bit like, you know, I hope I haven't made you feel welcome. Oh, no, nothing like that, you know, again. Living on your roof for five years, you know, you've earned a little time to yourself. Self. And Phaedra's still like, oh, question. Even though Martin does, he probably would enjoy the idea of being, getting his apartment back, he's still very, and he doesn't want his dad to feel like he's forced him in. Yeah, and, but I think, I think also, if you think about it, Frazier, by this point, has become comfortable with that his dad's there. So, like, I know. any, any, like, anyone like Frazier, once they've become used to their surroundings and blah, blah, blah. If you change it on them, we're like, well, yeah, it's cool, but must you? <laughs> yeah, like, you know? It's funny because in the last episode, when we explained how shit his life is, he throws on the back and living with his father, and now he doesn't want his father to leave. Yeah, because, because like, Fraser himself is such a psychological conundrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, he wants his father there, but he doesn't want his father there. Mm-hmm. He wants this, but he doesn't want this. Fraser is such a. He's such a complicated and interesting little enigma. So then Niles kind of spins this kind of story of like, oh, you know, Fraser, you know. You've had time with him. I would like to have some time with him too. You know, you're, you're, you're going close today the last couple of years, you know, and frankly, I'm a bit jealous. Well, I'm sorry, Niles. I guess I haven't seen this from your angle. Hello, Daphne. Uh, Daphne walks in. Hello, all. Oh, hello. And Daphne, he's really like he said, hello, so, Daphne. Hello, Daphne. And what an interesting angle it is. Quite a little angle it is to me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> instantly, from Niles' reaction to Daphne, he doesn't see it as usual, oh, Daphne's here. He kind of looks at him like, I see where this, where this is going. Yeah, because Niles right away is like, Daphne's moving in. <laughs> Daphne's moving in. I'll get to pals. Daphne's moving in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then, then he comes in and everything, and he goes, oh. He goes, oh, Daphne, how do you feel about moving in with Niles? Are you serious? What, me? Well, just me? Yes. Oh, no, oh, uh, <laughs> you and Dad. This is so afraid he gets back, you know, back to work, you know, with a little crowd around here. Well, there's an awful lot of stairs in your apartment. Are you sure you're okay with that, with your hip? Yeah. It was, uh, well, oh, you know, I'll be fine. You know better than anyone how well my hip's skin. And he goes, oh, you're pretty much all packed. And then uh, Daphne goes, well, wait. And he goes, I was hired as your physical therapist. He goes, if he, if he can get he up, can up down the stairs, he doesn't need me anymore. Doesn't Niles have a bedroom on, on the ground floor? I'm sure in a later season we see yeah. he's got a bedroom on the ground floor. But don't question the continuity. You see, <laughs> if he mentioned that, then he would have been able to 
if that, if they, if that was true, then Nails should have mentioned that. I mean, Martin could have took the ground floor, and so Daphne could have stayed there, but he didn't think yes. he did. But no, never question the Fraser continuity because if but, you did, you would be annoyed. I was going to say, but what? It get, but it's so annoying. I must question it. I must question Scott, it. I, must pick I know, I know. I question it in my own head every goddamn time. But then I don't because it would hurt the program that I love. And then she goes, <laughs> you know, she, he took Martin. By the way, was mentioned that Nels was taking the bag of groceries off of Daphne that she was on, and he goes. No, it's just if he if he can get down the stairs by himself. He obviously doesn't need me anymore. I guess the time I moved on and he drops the bag, he's like, No, no, that not Daphne. And like, you know, we <laughs> knew this day would come sooner or later. What about my exercises? Oh, you'll be fine on your own, believe me. It's not like I want to go, but I'm not like a psychiatrist where I can work some for years and it doesn't matter if they ever get better. And they'll look later you tell like a cheeky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to go where I'm needed, which almost wanted me to go like just one step away from going. I have to go now. My planet needs me. I really wish you had done that. <laughs> you know, and they all start talking at once and they're like, not wanting to go. And not like I'm leaving right this minute. You know, I'll stay with you until you settle in. I can find a new place. And now it's no time. But definitely, no no bigger fuss. It just make me cry. This isn't time for tears. I guess who I am. I'm sure we'll be lonely with just the two of us. It won't just be the two of you. You'll also have Eddie. It won't just be the two of you. You love Eddie. And Eddie just jumps up on Nails' lap and he just starts, Nails just starts crying. <laughs> and then he walks in, he got to Nails' apartment after Martin's office started moving in and uh, there was a big table and Eddie's just wandering around the table in circles. <laughs> I need to say it because it's in my head. I have to go now. Manchester needs me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Oh. Anyway, uh, he's wondering, and I was looking like he's on my funeral show. Dad? Dad, Eddie, whatever you're on, get off. He doesn't even look at he's just lying on the wee, the thing, just reading something, goes, Eddie, whatever you're on, get uh, off. He knows, he's like, Eddie, what you're on, fuck off, come on. And uh, Daphne's on the phone now. It's weird how she gets an interview, like, in a few minutes later, but then at this point she goes from, oh, nothing, not even part-time work, well, keep me in the loop and everything, like, how quickly did you go from not even having part-time work to someone getting you an interview? But again, she said it's a friend that talked to her. She was on the... Right. I'm, I'm finding my own plot holes. I'm, I apologise. No, I you, you have every right to question. Mm-hmm. They needed Nail, Daphne to start moving out for Nails' uh, subconscious to take over. But, you know. Yeah. And then Nails tries to you know, convince her, you know, he's, he's, not as good, he's not doing as well as you think. You know, a man's practically an invalid. He's hey, if you don't in. behave, I'm not taking you for your speed walk. And he shows him chasing him around the kitchen like, you got one of my sneakers. <laughs> he puts on a brave face, but the man's practically an invalid. <laughs> and then Adam comes... Did you, know, did you notice what Martin was chasing Eddie with the jackalope he gave... With the jackalope he gave Niles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He goes, hi, Dad. And comes over and goes, forgive me, I know I know I can be just trapped by without calling first. And Niles goes, oh, don't worry, I used to do it to you all the time. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Eddie. Got a little surprise for you. Let's have a at the house. And he gives him a wee squeaking... Very a wee squeaky and, toy. And now he's just trying to pretend to some weird plant he's got and uh, he's on he's a squeaking and he's going like... Yeah, noise. he's twitching. Yeah. Which, you know, my mum, Amber, brought some toy, a couple of squeaking toys from our brother's dog and when we were over visiting. And yeah. They were playing with it relentlessly but he thought at least we get to go home and they get annoy them for the rest of the time. And then shortly after getting Dexter, she bought him a squeaking toy and like, bum. You buy squeaking toys for other people's pets. You Not don't for your own. You don't buy them for your own because you have to live with this constant squeaking. 
Uh, we we would have had that problem with mom's dog, but mm. she she has a habit of killing things that squeak. Mm. Things don't squeak very long in her presence, mm. even if we're not alive. Even if we're, you know, make manufactured noise. Once she has had them, they don't make noise no more. Don't worry, now to get you stood. Oh, and Dad, I got something for you. And he brings in the chair. Oh great, sit down here. No, don't you want to don't you want to take it upstairs? Oh no, that's why I won't get my pizza cheese all over your fancy chair. Shouldn't the cheese go in your mouth? Well it's certainly a goal now that you can't hit that target every time. <laughs> hey, Fraser, it doesn't work out, you have to take him back. <laughs> that, he's only I been only here. signed on because Daphne came to the deal and now she's leaving. Fraser, you gotta help me. I've only had him for eight hours. <laughs> I don't care, I'm desperate. Uh, which, which which room should I hang my swordfish on? None of them have just had that room frescoed! <laughs> and he goes and he turns to Daphne and she's got that, uh, that job. He goes, oh, I've got an interview for a job, you know. Poor woman, she's got brittle bones disease, poor thing. Well, usually I'd say break a leg, but... <laughs> no, I'm going to miss you, you know. You know, it's not for me to stay as long as your file is so strong and healthy. And he hears Martin, ah! <laughs> he's, fall- he's falling down the stairs like... Uh, Oh yeah, we just gotta get tangled up there and nails is helping on goes, Yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh it's, it's fine, it was an You're accident. Like, what did you kick my cane for? No, no, he doesn't he didn't well he didn't kick it. Well he didn't say Oh it. wait, let's no, I'm jumping the gun there. Yeah, and then and he he goes, Oh, Doctor Crane, should we get some ice should we get some ice? Oh yeah, definitely I could use a strong drink. <laughs> and I go away and goes, Well it was a funny thing, now it's just kick my cane out from under me. No, I knew we wanted to keep Daphne around, but I didn't think he'd go to that thing. Oh, no, not deliberately. Deliberately? Here you are, it's a conscious level. What do you mean? What? I was just joking. Oh, yeah, sure, forget what I'm saying. What? You, you think Dallas is deliberately trying to hurt me? You know? Oh, maybe sometimes. Yeah, sometimes the unconscious can take, take over when the desire is strong. Make the person act away. Uncharacteristic. Yeah. No, when the desire is strong enough. Uh, he, he starts planting that idea in Martin's head that Niles might subconsciously want to. You're saying, so you're saying this wasn't an accident? Well, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. It's a crazy theory. Yeah, he's planting the, the seeds in my mind's head. And yeah. They try and play it off. Have but... you ever thought yourself watching that? Well, mm. like Fraser may himself have subconsciously been planting that in Martin's head to make him want to come back home. Maybe, or maybe it's just Fraser's need to analyze things that he sees and he didn't realize mm. that it was like how scary the idea of it makes him to Martin. Perhaps I myself am over-analyzing the situation. Perhaps, perhaps. So... He says to him, like, I gotta go, you know. I gotta go off my bachelor pad. I have a date with a laundry model. This ah. is planet eat him. <laughs> my my bachelor pad, laundry model, sweetest words in English language. I'm sorry I won't be there. Ah, Wait. We have a tie! <laughs> and then she goes to sit uh, nails down on the uh, on his chair, like, oh, we managed to get these shears there. I don't know how. Yeah, she goes to sit Martin down on his chair, like, oh, oh, wait, wait. You nearly impaled yourself. Oh, thank you, Daphne. He's ending up in the most oddest places. He just had his trolls off and Martin's kind of like, like, maybe he is trying to hurt me. Yeah. And then I'll come towards a home alone as Fraser <laughs> comes in. And then, he, and then he gets a message from this, uh, this underwear model and, uh, you know what, I'm not going to be so high mate to say I wouldn't have done this myself I wouldn't be in I would have. Ah, oh, come on, you would have. Yeah, you would. You'd be like, yeah, I'm with shit. She loved me. And then, Rega calls him, she leaves the message and he listens back to you. He goes, oh, Hey, Fraser, why you sound so sexy on your machine? <laughs> anyway, I love talking to you. Like, why don't we stay in tonight? He goes, I'll be open some wine, curl by the fire. 
Just worrying. I'm coming straight from work, so I'll be wearing my work clothes. I can't believe I said that. Anyway, bye. So, and Fraser then, runs over. Gets the... Uh, gets his Eans. Mm-hmm. Also, puts, can we just say... Yeah, yeah. The chair that he sits in, it's replacing where Martin's chair was. I know it's made such Fraser's style, because he likes everything to match, which is part of the reason he didn't like the chair. Well, he likes eclectic style. Eclectic thing, yeah. The chair he sits in doesn't look that comfortable. It does not, does it? No, it, uh, he's probably only got that to make it match something it de- else. It in the definitely apartment. looks comfortable in the sense it'd be a good chair for your posture. Yeah, but it wouldn't be a very good, short back. It's, but it's it wouldn't a, be good for yeah s- comfortable. Sitting. Yeah, especially if not for a long period if you're trying to be comfortable. Yeah. yeah, but he as as we say, he goes over and grabs his Eames, puts it in the place where the I correct myself. It's a Wasili. Hmm. I remember that when Niles moves it in the first, he's like, Niles, careful, that's a Wasili! <laughs> but he, he gets his Wasili, puts it where Martin's chair was, goes over, pours himself a drink, mm-hmm. sits down, is well, brings his drink over, brings his answering machine over, mm-hmm. sits it down next to him, sits in his chair, takes a little sip, and then he plays an answering message again. And he just does And he just says, going, yeah, I am. Oh it. I rule. <laughs> Basically, and then he comes up dial M for Martin. No, oh. And they're in there. They're after him. You need to let me do a bit. Which bit? Oh, you know a bit. Oh, I'll get to. We'll get. We're not at the bit yet, though. I know. When we get to the bit. We'll do the bit. Uh, when we get, the, he comes in and he knows the bit. But the floors around here are so slippery. Yeah, I just had them polished. Which I told me, hey, he slid into a wall and tipped his too. No, he whistles when he breathes. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they've been all slipping in here, Dad. And then he shows him like this new, like a uh, new like safety wheel from him getting in and out of the bath. And he goes, but the thing breaks him and he leans on it because as requested traction decals. Oh, thanks. Was, you know, and then he thing falls off his hand. Like, you okay? Like, yeah. You think I was in the shower? Could have cracked my head open. Oh, I guess I'm not much of a handyman. And now that man was concerned, like, you done it. Yeah, my contractor's out of town. Don't worry, you can use my bathroom, the shower. Just let me know when you're doing it. The plumbing is a bit temperamental. If I was to run the dishwasher, it could be hard with scalded. And then he left, and he goes, You know, I had an extra long shower yesterday. That should have hauled me off. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to the stairs, like, Yeah, hand, just keep moving. <laughs> and then Daphne walked in and goes, I can't I got believe- the job. I can't what? believe it. Yeah, I start. Yeah, I start, the- start in the morning. Yeah, I'll tell you, look about later, I've got to call my employment agency right away. Please let me. Go ahead. Well, just after Daphne runs off, just after Daphne runs off, mm-hmm. Niles gets this insane look in his face, and you can look at it whilst I quote it if you wish, mm-hmm. but he has this insane look, and he I'm not sure really looks at Martin or looks just off like on mm-hmm. in the yards there, and he's like, can't let her leave. There's nothing you can do about it. Still have a day. Just have to think. Oh, look at the sunset. Dad, come join me on the balcony. It's like, you say, like, you did so, can't let her leave. And it's like, well, what can you do? I just have to have a day to be more just, resourceful. Just have to think. Like oh. how? It's my problem, not yours. And then, like he said, he goes up the stairs. Yeah, exactly. So he goes upstairs, still that stair, and he goes, "Oh, what a lovely sunset!" Dad, come join me on the balcony. 
And he just disappears and, he, and Martin starts running like, Eddie, come it's on! The, it's the way he says it, though. It's, it's perfect host-level creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, Dad, come join me on the balcony. Eddie, come on, we're going. I'll prob- uh, like I say, it's on the level of, I'll probably get a lot of calls. Oh, work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cheeky little, cheeky little number, isn't it? <laughs> And then they run in the freezers and, he's, or, and he hears someone at the door and he starts, you know, dimming the lights, playing the music and he's doing, yeah, he's doing his little shuffle. Opens the door and goes, hey, he thinks he's there. Dad, good luck. And he stops the music. What are you doing here? We got to talk. Not a good time. It's getting really spooky over in Alice's. Well, I know it's it's unnerving the way he puts that Chinese bathrobe on after he eats. But you'll get used to it. No, no, it's unconscious trying to hurt me. But that's preposterous. No, we can talk about it in the morning, believe me. In no way, your own flesh and blood is trying to hurt you. He accidentally slams, slams the door. Slams the door in his foot. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sorry. Well, let me get Eddie's pillow out of my room. All right. All right, will you? Somebody close the door here. Someone knocking. And he's so like, he, please, please. Do this thing. He gets the door. Daphne. And he grips the thing. Talk to music. Oh, we're not catching you in a bad time. Well, actually, oh, I'm waiting on a date. I'm waiting on a date. I was ready. I need to pick up my... Exercise, Matt. <laughs> he starts crying. Like, oh, good lord. Is everything all right? Yeah, I'm just getting nervous about my new job. I'll be all right. All right. I just wish. Just with them miss being here so much. And they'll try like, oh, die on sorry. Listen. This will be fine. Now, transitions are always difficult, doorbell rings. But the trick is not to rush into them. Yeah. So he hears it and he puts his music on again and he yeah. starts doing a little shuffle and then he opens the door and he's like, Niles! <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? I'm going out of my mind. I'm this close to getting, living in the same room with Daphne. If I could just... Right, Niles. Just wait, what, before you go on, somebody say one thing. What's that? Get out! <laughs> Niles? Dad. And he's like... Yeah. Wait, we need to talk about this. Get out, Niles. And then Martin comes in. Dad, where'd you run off to? I'm looking everywhere for you. Now, Niles, just stay um, away from me. me. <laughs> now you're, try- you're trying to do this on purpose. I'm mad, I'm mad at you. It's just your unconscious. Once Daphne stays with the man that's been trying to hurt me. What? What? Richard, Richard can explain. Exactly like who trying to hurt whom and what does anything have to do with and Daphne. 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 Oh, isn't this nice? We're all here together. Just like old times. <laughs> do you know, it's times like that, and I'm sorry to cut out from the episode, it's yeah. times like that, I really, I wish I liked Daphne more. <laughs> I really, because, do you know, I feel a lot of the time, and, do you know, this is a slap myself on the back of the hand situation. I'm so hard on her. Uh-huh. I really am. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I'm so happy with Niles as the, you know, the man about town. Very, very steep, very, very Niles, you know? And then what he, what he, what he eventually transpires to, as we will get to, I'm, I'm not exactly happy about what he becomes. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it's, it's a mental thing on my part, in the sense. Is it weird to say I'm not happy when he becomes normal? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not happy when he becomes normal. <laughs> I'm not used to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get what you're, you're, you're saying. But it's not Daphne's fault. Mm-hmm. Not in any way. It's Niles's fault for being a tit. <laughs> uh, Obviously, Niles goes over to comfort Daphne when she's crying. He goes, if he goes, oh god, well, we certainly have a lot to talk about. Anyway, why don't we all meet Niles for breakfast? And he I'm not going back in the elevator with him. 
<laughs> all right, Dad, Daphne, you own shifts. You first, and then not so long. And he, like, you like, you shake a like too, and then and I was like, you actually convinced Dad I was trying to hurt. Oh, him. Niles, I did no such thing. I merely Vince put forward the- a theory. No, no, no idea. You're taking it to heart. Oh, boulder dash. <laughs> so Niles is scaring to feed it. Feeder was trying to scare Dad and coming back. Maybe. Yeah. And he's like, oh, please, Niles. Surely I occurred to you the desire to keep Daphne is forcing you to behave in very strange ways. Or do you often shove Dad down, down the stairs? That was an accident. Oh, Niles, it's like cards. Oh, we know. Hey, it's like cards worth of salt. No, there you, are no you accidents. You did not give that its proper gravitas. Okay, then. Oh, Niles. Hey, it's like cards worth of salt. No, it's like. Niles, I merely exercised a theory. Oh, balderdash. Uh, hey, the card is worth of salt. No, there is no such thing as accidents. No, he's like. Or do you push Dad down the stairs every day? That was an accident. Mm. Oh, Niles, any psychiatrist would assault those there are no accidents. One does not some. Well, no one would do something like that unless. How, uh, how are, no one would. Uh, no one would do anything so. Jesus. No, no one would do something like that. How are unconsciously unless they stood to gain from, from it? it. You hear it. Martin going, ah! And, and then, oh my god! We run out to a hallway. Martin's also Martin's on, it, on his back, obviously in pain. It's like. He's like, what? Who says first is Daphne? No, it's, it's he's he like, said it to Daphne. He's like, what did you kick my cane for? And he's next like, thing I was playing. Next thing I was playing with Eddie. I have to kill me. Oh, don't worry about nice. It's a nice comfy couch you can recuperate. I'm not going down those stairs. I can't go down those stairs now. Oh uh, yeah, I think it's best we get him inside. You know, and need full time attention. I'll cancel my job right away. Nope, nope. Nobody's canceling anything for God's sake, and man. But then I fly stairs today. You can hurt. We hurt by falling on a covered in hallway. Go on, get up, you slacker. Go on, it hurts. Oh, boohoo, Dad. I want you out of here. I don't care. Then all of a sudden, Fraser's date appears yeah. at the elevator. Like, like, Chief appears, as he said, cut up your big cry, baby. As that's when the doors open. He's like, oh, but it hurts. He goes, I don't have to care if you had to crawl like a bog turtle. And he looks up with, oh, oh, Rebecca. Rebecca. And I love how, even though this is a very awkward situation to face in, he still does the thing where he reaches in the apartment and starts playing these music yeah, like, again. Just step over one flower and have yourself some wine. What kind of heartless monster are you? Oh no, Rebecca, you don't understand. Uh, looks, he's very resilient. He's, he's been, been shot, shot before. before. <laughs> That's great. I really think we should get inside. Okay, just, just give me a moment. a moment. And he walks into the apartment and he walks around with his hands out going... <sighs> Sits down in his wasili, mm-hmm. takes a sip of his wine, looks around his apartment again, and then goes, "All right, bring him in." Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the we cut scene mm-hmm. with Martin back in his chair, right, Daphne re- playing with Eddie, and right, they're replacing the the chair that Fraser got, and then bringing yeah. him, bring him Martin's chair. Back everything's in. back as it was. The only difference is. Fraser standing in the doorway of his kitchen mm-hmm. with a bottle of wine in his hand looking very grumpy. Yeah, so basically a drink gets straight from the bottle. Yeah, which is something Fraser does not do. Yeah. But I would I would have to say personally, mm-hmm. fantastic episode. Thumbs mm-hmm. up for me. Uh, this episode is one of those Fraser episodes that has everything. Uh-huh. You know, it is a great episode. It really is. I would give it a thumbs up. I'm trying to think, trying to think what the criteria is do, for me. Do you, for, have a, for, do you have a particular favourite part of it or anything? Or favourite scene from I think, this I think, episode? I think it would be too easy to say the dead. I'm, I'm trying to the balcony. 
Yeah, because you do see a semi-staring side of nails, but other than that, the, uh, well, I'll be a son of a bitch, that, yeah. that, that, and the, going back two of nails' best lines in this one episode, it almost makes me want to give it a, a double thumbs up, I'm trying to think, trying to think what my criteria is, because, like, there you all... go, Dad. Come join me on the balcony. <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, I think I'd actually have to give this a double thumbs up. I'm giving it a double thumbs up. Because, like, it's it's, up, it's really up there, I think. Especially, like, at the end of really episodes from this particular season, yeah. it is one of the standout episodes, I think. Are you are you a little, are you a little uh, less than fond of this season? No, no, not for this season. I think, also, there are episodes that stand out as great episodes of a particular season, and then there are episodes that stand out Overall, yeah. Some of them, sometimes some do both. Like, so would you say like, like how many that do, overall episodes? I think this could be an overall episode. But like, when you look back at episodes, if you had to say, "Oh, what's your favorite episode from this season?" There are some that more often not, depending on what episodes you like or what kind of episode and what kind of yeah. plot phase you enjoy. So you, you choose a different episode, like depending. Yeah, because so, like Freezer Grinch would be an episode I'd immediately think of as a positive one. That's like a season three, and there's some other examples I probably yeah, could really use. Is, yeah, but like if you just season six, sometimes I forget what episodes are in what season. Yeah, but if, but if I remember, oh, seems like that has this episode like Dylan from Martin. I'd immediately think, oh, that's a great episode. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, so, you were... so it's not that I'm not fond of this this season, but I'm thinking when I, out of my episodes in season, if I had to rank them, which I don't want to. <laughs> God, if I. We tried to rank all the feature episodes. We'd be fucking here for hours, so we would. God, we should do a show on that. The, you know, like a, an episode where we do the best of the worst. Yeah. Where we, we we rank each of the worst episodes. Oh, I just thought of an episode. By the way, when we talk about the worst ones, I'd like it's got this episode that's especially annoying, and we'll talk maybe when we get there and like. Probably a couple of years from Which now. Which episode is that? There's an episode that I don't like. It's in season 11. It's one that's one one of the last episodes. Very close to the finale. Go on. And the fact that it's just so bad. Why they put it so close to the end, I don't know. That episode where he's got that cheese pot thing. Cocktails. Right, and he's doing all the flashbacks. Because it's all over the place. The hair and the wigs are just stupid. Yeah. And so you brace for Daphne and Rod, but then... The obvious attempt to cover the fact that David I. Pierce himself is starting to lose his hair, not just because of grammar. <laughs> they don't. They don't even give him back his professor curl. They don't even think, do they? No, we do not. So, uh, it's just so shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. A lot of episodes that sell is, so yeah, as could, you say, all over the place. I don't think we should do our worst and the best. Maybe we should do them in the same episode because I wouldn't want to do an episode just on the worst because I'd feel like and you know it would. Why do the worst first in the episode then end? With a positive, you know, end on a high note, you know. Do you know one of my favourite episodes is? Although I don't know if it'd be one of everyone's favourites. Hmm. You know the one where we're ice fishing? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. I, I love that one. Oh, yeah. oh. Well, the fish will see him coming. Well, the salesman certainly did. We love you. <laughs> yeah, we love you. Yeah. yeah, we've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that, people? Damn it. That's my liver rebelling. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we've had a, well for me, thumbs up, you kind of close to a thumbs up. We had a, a thumbs up for you and a double thumbs up for me. Yeah. What the fuck is it? Uh, but now we have one last episode. I wonder what we'll rate this one. Tune in to find out. Which one is this? We have now episode four, Hot Ticket. Ooh. Ooh, yes indeed. Ooh. You talk about how nails used to be. This is a prime example of nails' uppity. I know. I know. 
that thing do to him? Anyway, let's, let's, let's look at the episode itself, shall we? Uh, Fraser in the apartment, Martin's sitting on the couch, sitting in his chair, and Fraser like, well, I'll be heading out, and now we're going to grab dinner, and we have tickets to the theatrical event of the season. Oh, really? Yes. To Trevor Ashley in Tears of the Mariner. Oh, has to be the, the exciting evening. See, Seattle is the, one of the final stops on Sir Trevor's less, on Sir Trevor's farewell tour. After this, he's retiring from the stage forever. Ah, Tears of the Mariner. I read something about that. I thought it was a, that was one of those baseball stories, you know, like Pride of the Yankees. Then <laughs> yeah, just some crabby story, crabby story about some sailor stuck in this little town. Dad, please. I've let it all reviews this. I don't want to spoil before I see it. Well, I don't want to hear about it after you see it. <laughs> and then Daphne comes in like, Oh, hi, Daphne. Is that it? Hey, Daphne, have you not seen the paper? <laughs> and she's all excited. Like, yes. And he goes, like, somebody took a photo or whatever, like, Oh, good, is that you? Well, it's hard to tell. You know, back to the camera, your shirt seems to have blown off oh. the wind. Yeah, I was in the park with Eddie. And, you know, this guy actually taking my picture for the It's Just Seattle film. You know, the one with short, some average person around the city, and they use their name in the, in the, in the headline. So if they took a picture of you, it would be Fraser Cray in Seattle. Oh, they took you, it would be Martin Cray in Seattle. We'll get to the picture of Daphne. Oh, Daphne Moon, Seattle. You're going to head yourself there, but... Yeah, we get the picture. Don't cringe, because I want to sit home to my family. You sure about that? Oh, don't be so much, you know, for... Yeah, I'm sure, bending down, I mean, Nick is just showing a bit, but... My family would be so proud. My family would be as proud as Peacock, and they see the Daphne Moon, Seattle. Certainly does. <laughs> and, uh... So then it gets to them outside the theatre, which is where most of the episode takes place. And outside the theatre, and you're like, Now, will you stop? The dinner was just fine. They see us so close to the kitchen, I'm surprised they didn't make us wear hair nets. <laughs> I'm sure it's just a mix-up. No, not a mix-up. Our alarming trend, I noticed. This is nice part company. Last week, Roberta Phillips snubbed me at the opera. I was invited to the gala fundraiser for St. Andrew's Orphanage. You can still send money to the children. As usual, you missed the point. <laughs> Which is just so typical of them. Oh, we're going to this event for this charity. Like They don't care about the charity. They want to be seen yes. going to the event and everything. That is the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, shun out. And it's just someone snuck into my world and changed all the locks. Uh, oh, Niles. At least, at least you don't have to worry about tonight. After you and they go, and they see everything seems to be going fairly well. You're thinking, no. You know, I get reading the episode, I don't know what's. Nothing seems to be going wrong. It seems to be kind of going well for everybody. And then that's when the main issue of the episode <laughs> comes in. Where they go and they hand the tickets over to the usher and they go, oh, I'm sorry, sir, there's another. There's, I'm sorry, sir, these tickets aren't for this performance. What? They say 16, this is 16. Yes, but these for the... Yeah, no, no. Surely, like, you'd have a look at the tickets to notice a mistake like that, because Nail's going to say, oh, there's some mistake, and he looks at me and immediately notices that they are for the matinee. Considering how important both of them seem to find it, mm-hmm. or deem it, mm-hmm. you know, you would think, but... Yeah, it's such an important thing to them. You know. Oh, but, and then there's an elderly look at them and goes like, oh dear guys, and Fraser's all sorry because he attended the bottom and goes, oh, sure you must have some tickets set aside. Yes, even mezzanine. Anything, we can take anything you've got. Mm-hmm. Well, if you like, you can try your luck in the cancellation line. And it's just a little line of people just waiting, you know, for tickets and everything, which <laughs> they think is beneath them. Fraser, they're like, how could this happen? I have to see this play. I have to see, I have to have people see me, see this play. If I'm not seeing, seeing this play, you know, now it's having a panic out. Now it's calm down. I'll make a simple phone call. House seats for tomorrow night. So, so 
there's a big can- you can see the cancellation in the background and they'll just turn off his there's a region and they're not going in <laughs> I goes suppose come on last thing I need to do is see seeing Lodger around here like got her riff raff instead of the scrounging around for last minute and then you see the McKenzie's kind of looking at him and then looking back at Fraser. Fraser just looking at him he's like good luck <laughs> and then I love Nails in this thing here because he comes in this other Nails oh I know I'm a bit early but I told him to grab a bit of tea before the, the theatre actually Niles yes yes I know I mean, I know it's on me of course thank you for getting those placement tickets you know you know you know, you get my gratitude but the thing I know I owe you money and my gratitude and then I keep talking you won't be able to tell me you weren't able to get the tickets I haven't got them yet. Oh, I knew oh, it. No. I knew you would get it like me. Like, what? Now it's too late. It's six o'clock. Oh, calm down. You know, I made a few calls. You know, someone will call. Someone better call. Yeah. Anyone who's ever, it's everyone who's everyone is going to see that play. And what happens if you're not anyone? You're no one. <sighs> someone who... I've been summoned too much to be no one now. Mark goes, oh, I thought no one was here. <laughs> and then he's just like, oh. <laughs> That, that was like one way or another, someone's got a call. Oh, you guys still going over those tickets? If this plays any good, it'll, be, it'll do, come around a couple of years to get a damn theater and be able to get a nice prime group with it. I love Fraser's face when he says that. He's like, oh, come on, this plays any good, you'll be able to see it a couple of years later. With dinner theory, you might get a nice prime group with it. And Fraser's all like, <laughs> he's like all like aghast, you know? Like he's how, like, how dare you suggest such a thing? How dare you say a nice prime rib? I know. Dinner theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they get a call like, they don't understand. You know, see, this is just about the play. Really, one of the last opportunities. You're one of the finest actors of our time. Oh, you just want to go because all your snobby friends are going and you don't want to be left out. What we want is to sit in a the theater and have a trans- share a transcendent experience that no one else can get tickets to. Of course, that's a transcendent <laughs> part. <laughs> then he gets the call and like, and he's like, oh, hello, Cleo. It's Cleo Fenwick. Yeah, anyway, you remember her. Border on border of the theatre, you know? That was just hump you could write the Sahara on. Yeah, bad eye job. Oh, hello, Claire, you lovely the thing. thing. <laughs> oh, well, our dear for trying. Thank you. Don't, don't despair, now I'm getting another call. Hello. Hello, Dora. Uh-huh. Oh, too bad. Yeah, thank you. That's yes, wonderful. I'll try that. What'd you say? You said try Claire Fenwick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's hopeless. No, no, there is another way. You don't mean. Yes, I know it's a calculated risk. A little uncertain. Look, before you do anything insane, just try the cancellation line. Before they, I was going, can't be serious, it's unthinkable. What a chance do we have? And then he says that, like, it's indignant, freaks of desperation. Then yeah, he's like, to, before you do anything crazy, just try the cancellation line. What did he think we were talking about? <laughs> do, you, do you know, I'm so disappointed with both of them in this episode. Mm-hmm. If, if you truly, truly mm-hmm. wanted to see the play... Mm-hmm. What in the name of holy fuck does it matter if you go in the cancellation line? See, you probably get them cheaper too. See, the thing was, the uh, that person, the people that we they, that they started talking to, had come a couple of minutes earlier. They would have got those tickets as well. Yeah, and been able to get away from the cancellation line quick enough to, uh, <laughs> you know, give some deniability around it. Why didn't? Or more to the point, why didn't one of them stand in the line and one of them keep keep edgy? Mm-hmm. To use a very Scottish term, you know. So Fraser could have went like that. Oh, Niles! Edgy! <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're sitting in the lane and then, like you said, they're, you know, up there on our side going, let's, oh no, Stephen and Susan Kinn. Look, turn around, throw it, see us. They see us here, we're ruined. 
You know, everybody. I know. Their Sunday brunches are who's who. See, I was leaped. I think it's there. No one saw us. And I'd hear Ross, hey, Faye here. Niles. What are you doing? How the hell did you get tickets? Our friend of mine couldn't use her, so she... Get one of me. Yeah. I asked my cute new doctor. He's a big fan of Sir... What's his name? It's their new dentist as well. He goes, referring to one of the great actors as, I'm now Fraser. I was name familiar with Sir Trevor Hubbard. Sure, she'll enjoy the play. I trust you've got good tickets. Oh, oh look. I think I go naked men. Like, oh, okay, look, I think so. Rose C. Rose C. Excellent. And then, yeah, you're like, oh, look, yeah. okay, I go naked men. And then she looks and then he goes to grab her tickets and then she looks around and he's like, give me loads of Philistine. You don't even know his name. You're crazy. And then in comes... And <laughs> she it. kicks him in the shit. Like, where you go, Rose? Yeah. Dr. Mandel? You know... Oh, hi, Niles. You know each other? Here. How's the teeth bleaching going? And then they looks at him fine and then covers his teeth he's like hmm and then they walk off and Fraser's like sorry I love that Rosie's like here come on it's a long walk from the to cancellation Rosie from the cancel, line from, it's a long walk to Rosie from the cancellation line yeah and then they walk off and Fraser's like I knew you were bleaching them oh no 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 really it's just new toothpaste is that Niles Crane and Fraser and then I look at the candles and everything like oh how are you oh oh dear you're not waiting for a cancellation, are you? Is that what this is? Do you know, mm-hmm. they would have given the candles more of a, you know, fuck you, if we went, yes, mm-hmm. we are waiting on the cancellation. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to that philosophy of going, go against the grain? Man, yeah, that's not really happening. I don't think it's how it works in Nails' Fraser's world, you know. They want to be with the great, they want to be with all the snowy people. Post Daphne marriage, Niles would have gone in the cancellation line. Hmm, maybe. Just saying. Maybe. Anyway, he, was he like, wore cardigans and had curly fries. Enough with the curly fries already. Anyway. Uh, oh, I just feel. Oh, look at us blocking these poor unfortunate souls couldn't get tickets. I got one pair left. Who's next? And here, now she's going curly girl, like. And like next to the line, like do you? Why else you coming? I uh, uh, I think my brother, he's uh, too ashamed of it. He wants one last cigarette. And you got the guy in the booth going, "Do you want these tickets, sir?" And then like she just went, "Goodness no!" If that bit had happened, he could have tried to like Fraser could, which I think was trying to do his best to distract it, but the woman couldn't help but look back and say, "No, how's you coming?" Because he, if she hadn't looked back, he could have went and grabbed those things, like give me the tickets, yeah. and they could have just went right in. Because like, you know, they don't even know where they could have got. They could have. You don't know where they could have been sitting because, you know, you see earlier on the woman slagging somebody else like, oh, poor dear, they could only get balcony. She was slagging her own parents. We should say hello. They are your parents, parents after all. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, I forgot about a bit from earlier on, by the way, where Ross slagged them off for the cancellation and, and uh, the dentist de- 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 goes, you know, good luck, you know. Hopefully you get lucky. Uh, I hope you get lucky. I'd be stupefied if you didn't. <laughs> Uh, that's a good. And one. then that scene goes. Oh, you know what? I, I, I don't think I'll have one with that. I was like, right, "You want these tickets, sir? No, Stephen, please. We need to take our seats." Okay, well, we get David right out here, Aaron Mission. Right here is where I'll be. <laughs> and everybody goes in, and somebody else has already cleaned the tickets. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. Not only are we missing the flavor, now we have to hang around here until intermission. Oh, so they don't catch on to us. Oh, what are you complaining about? How one has to learn how to smoke? And then it shows them coming and goes, come on. And it shows Niles feel, trying to look cool with the cigarette and everything. Goes, no, practicing, you know. I haven't had a, had a whole of cigarettes since I played Duke Mantee in the junior high production of The Petrified Forest. Oh, yes. I remember watching it for the, the Petrified audience. 
That was, that was never a thing I felt I needed to do as a smoker. What, what be in the perfect fire audience? <laughs> well, no, to smoke cool. Mm. Yeah, I know. But, but Niall doesn't smoke, so he doesn't know how smokers are meant to look. I, I have, as a little offshoot, seen people smoke in a very silly way, though. Oh, so? Well, I, I don't like to get into, get into the schematics of cigarette smoking as such. <laughs> you know? But... You know, mm-hmm. well, maybe, maybe, maybe explain a bit more for people well, who can't fucking see what you're doing. For for people who cannot see the standard, you know, and I, you know, fingers up, fuck you symbol. Mm-hmm. You know, a cigarette in the middle. Clamp your cigarette, smoke your cigarette. Mm-hmm. But these fuckers that hold their cigarette like they're fucking mm-hmm. drawing a little picture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> that mm-hmm. seems a little pompous to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then like, like all that like one of my favorite lines of the episode is that I remember watching from the pitch fired audience, and they go and they say, "Oh, you got here quickly. I'm sure you. I guess you need one of these more than I did. Oh yes, I. You enjoy smoking as much as I do." And then he's like, <coughs> and then that's when they do the thing about the balcony and everything. Like we should say hello. They are your parents. <laughs> and then they hear about somebody who's some couple is going well because the one of them is not feeling well. Yeah, it's like ah. Oh. We can sneak out of our seats at the intermission. And they go ahead and sneak in, and the usher goes to them. No. Uh, tickets, get here, ticket the stubs. We had some bloody people. jobs with. We had some people trying to sneak in after intermission. If I, if I had been me, mm-hmm. I'd have let them in. Mm-hmm. Because I I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They like said jobs worth and everything. And like, uh, oh, well, I think we left them in our coats. Oh, that's fine. We'll just have your coats brought to you. Where are you guys? Where are you guys seated? In the, uh, well, I think I have to check the seating chart. If they had listened properly, mm-hmm. they could have said they were seated in those seats that those people were no longer sitting in. I don't. I don't think they about they never said where they were seated though, and they don't even know where they are. They, they probably would just have to walk around and wait for enough to their seat, and then sit in their empty seats. But then again, they're going to look even more suspicious if they're standing while everyone's seated. Then that would take people and think are these guys really meant to be here. Okay, well, if they had known where those people were seated, mm-hmm. they could have said, we are seated in such and such a seat, mm-hmm. and then the people could have gone and said, we can't find your coats, and we could, they could have went, oh, our coats have been stolen. stolen. Mm-hmm. But then again, do they really need coats? They've got suit jackets, they've got fucking tux jackets on and everything, if, looks smart and everything, but... I'm just thinking of a way they could talk their cell in there. Yeah, but it would have helped if they had heard where they were sitting, but unfortunately it didn't, which means they were again... You know, held back from watching yeah. that and like, you know, like, my brother's going to have one last cigarette. Oh, you're worse than Stephen. Yes, oh, I, I wish... wish I didn't love the thing so damn much. And then they're offered to a uh, small supper at Le Chante. And he goes, oh, afterwards with Sir Trevor. I'm sure you're not busy. You're around 11? Sure. I mean, d- dinner with Sir Trevor. And Niles is coughing up the cigarette and everything. Like, <laughs> And uh, and uh, Niles says to Frieder uh, when they all go like, it's better than seeing the play. Niles, we know nothing about the play. <laughs> And so they try to sneak away whenever they're going in because they go back to the apartment to check the reviews that the dad said they were going to try and find something in the paper yeah. so they can at least seem like they know what's happening. And there's an, and then they ask my Martin, like, Dad, that review you read of uh, Tears of the Mariner, remember? And like, yeah, and there's a thing where a guy, you know, getting this fish and he gives it to somebody, somebody rejects it. Good. And, uh, oh yeah, it turns out he has this failed disease and he's staying in this big stadium and he tells everyone that even though he's dying, 
he considered himself the luckiest guy. For God's sake, Dad, that was pride of the Yankees. Oh, yeah. But the fish part, I'm sure that's true. And then <laughs> I find it like, ah, oh, here it is. And he starts reading the event like, Sir Trevor's playing performance and Steelers and Mariner. No, no, no. Just give him page 16. And then there's a big gap. Daffy. Uh, her picture must have been on the other side. Daffy's picture was in the paper. That wasn't the most flattering Angle. image, but I'm sure you would disagree. And then he goes to open the letter to her mother, like, so, oh, screw it, I'll buy her flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Daphne walks in. Like, what, is that my letter? I should have known I would never get any privacy in this house. I know, let me explain. No, I know you do. You want to know if I'm gossiping about you, about you to my mother. Yes, yes. no, 70. I think, I think it's like 50 or 60. 70 odd year old woman knows that you die the grey at your temples. Yeah, are you happy? How I'm did sorry, you know that, that? he's always pausing. He pauses like, "How did you know that?" I keep my hair dye in the false or drawer of my dresser. Yeah, well, I'll let it go this time. <laughs> and, he's, and as they go, they go. I knew you were dying it. No, no, no! It's just my new conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So it, it points out the two are very vain. <laughs> and then they go into the the restaurant. That the restaurant waiting on everybody, and like. Now, remember, whatever you do, do not give Sophie light to play. That's the mistake you made last year when you lied about having seen the silent echo. All yeah. the yammering on about the play having a third act problem. I fooled no one. What makes you so sure? The play didn't have a third act. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come in and Sir Trevor comes in everybody's here and everything and goes, God, I need a drink. <laughs> no, double scotch, no ice. And he's chatting to them. Right, that double scotch, no ice. Like, through this whole scene, he doesn't have one sip of. And then... See Susan and they go, go through the table because oh, and they're chatting with uh, Sir Trevor and everything, and then, then they think that they're going to get away. Then he goes, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll have this drink. Maybe the two doctors can keep me company. I'd love to get a psychological interpretation <laughs> of the play. <laughs> and like, oh, now, honestly, like, I said to Susan Saki, Did my performance ring true? Oh, yes. I have to say, I never saw a false moment. <laughs> But what about the structure? You know, it clearly has a third act problem. And then Niall sticks with man to try and be so smart, like, well, at least it has a third act. I'm like, I like the silent echo. Which could easily confuse one. Oh, ah, I, yes, I did the silent echo. In London last year. Tell me, what did you think of the hat scene? Ah, well. <laughs> uh, well, oh, another time, I must really call this serious. You, the children worry. And then he just leaves Fraser and everything. And <laughs> I must say, Fraser does look. Shows how smart he can be when he's kind of thinks on his feet. He shows how smart he can be, but also you can see in his face just how pained he has to be lying to this guy. Yeah, because the guy th- just wants like, an honesty from him. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the fact that... I don't know if he feels shame for the lie, uh-huh. or shame for the fact that he was so elitist about not just going and seeing the damn thing. Uh-huh. You know? Because I think a lot of the time Fraser wrestles with his own his own social standing, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like he wants to be an everyman, but he wants to be an elite man at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, you know, like it's like when he's with Niles, he wants to be an elite man, but when he's around like people he works with originally, he wants to be true he to wants, his he wants, words. He doesn't, he doesn't want to seem too up his own ass, like that he's not approachable or anything yeah, like that. I, I think he just wants to be truthful with he what he says. He wants I hate it when he. I think he hates it when he lies. He wants to have kind of the best of both at times, and he can't really often have yeah. that. He he hasn't quite realized at this point that no one can have the best of both. Uh-huh. And he's like, and he goes to the, so Martin, so Fraser tries his best, and he goes, you know, like, 
went to, oh, of course, you went, oh, come on, he's the one, also, Jarvis like people, like, the people that, like, the people who did see the play, you know, being up his own arse, being oh, up yeah. his arse and everything, like, hey, I just want your honest opinion of what you saw, <laughs> your professional analysis of what you saw, like, discuss the subtext, the metaphor and everything, but, you know, I come to the theatre to feel, to be moved, and that's exactly what happened to me. And it's just when he thinks he's going to get away with it, he goes, really? When? And so this is where Martin can have reduced, because, well, they're cutting the fist scene. You make you made this, this gesture, and he's just putting his arms out, and he's trying to, you know, his feet. Goes, and so, do you know, I often wonder, like, see, when i seen that the first time, I often wonder if Sir Trevor was, like, that he's not seen it, but he seems like he's trying, so I'll, I, I, I'll try and help him out. And he's like, ah, oh, yes, or that may, or scene. May, or maybe it's just, maybe because he's putting the arms out, maybe... Maybe he's just flipped down, maybe flipped down a way that for Trevor kind of realized maybe this was how Sir Trevor did it in the play and he recognized it. Ah, oh, yes, you mean when they offer the fist to my son and he rejects it. Oh. Uh, yeah, and everything like it's very powerful and everything. And he said, You've given us lifetime moments and all that. And he's, yeah, you feel like he's been very real, even though he, he's lying and everything. And he goes, like, Oh, this is why I do what I do, you know. It's so refreshing to be someone who doesn't just come to the theatre to watch it, but gives himself to it, you know. That crowd over there, they only give it, come because it's fashionable. I spot them a mile. The frauds, the posers. Oh, here comes your brother. <laughs> the frauds, the <laughs> posers. Like, oh, here fact. comes your brother. And then uh, he goes, because they, they tell him that people are waiting for him, he goes, you know, thank you, Dr. Crane. You, know, you are the reason that the actors act. And then I was, I was nervous about leaving you alone, but clearly you've nailed it, and very just feeling all disappointed, like, you know, we missed out on the performance of a lifetime, right? Why? Because we were too embarrassed to be seen in the cancellation line. And then, yeah, it was about, you know, elitist of us and everything. They go to leave, and, uh, you know, that Susan offers them to come to the back room and goes, oh, so Trevor was quite taken with you, like, you know, you know, you know, thank you very much. Still give them our apology and everything. And then she obviously offers them uh, to come on their Sunday brunches and everything. Yeah. And, you know, and they're like, oh, well, you know, please consider, you know, we're having a small get-together on Sunday, you know, Senator so-and-so is going to be there, and, you know, those people, and, like, you know, well, keep your cal- your calendars open. And then they go, like, ah, oh, lunch with the lunch with the candles. So, <laughs> Sunday brunch with the candles. You know, an hour ago, we were tempted that chance, you know. We have yeah. too much pride for that. They go to walk away. And then, like, often happens in stories that are focused on nails and free jam to confront someone, and oftentimes this happens based on the early seasons, that uh, that moment always comes the, however, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this newfound, you know, mm. realisation we had, you know, we, we owe it to ourselves, you know, to help them, you know, help them, you know, try to change the system within. We will get to centre, he'll bring it back to Congress and everything. It's worth a shot. So, you know, they're trying to seem like they're doing the right thing, but really, they're yeah. right back to, you know, being so uppity and trying to, you know, be, go where it's fashionable. They're basically trying to make themselves feel comfortable within themselves again. You know what I mean? They're like, they're like, yes, we're a bunch of elitist dickheads, but we we have some sense of soul. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we have the credits where Niles is looking through the paper for Dr. Pitch, but every time he comes to where it is, it's always cut out and he's getting ridiculously frustrated because he can't find the image. Yeah. <laughs> and so... That's the other So before we wrap up, Paul... Do you know, he, he looks at her ass enough. Do you really think he needs a paper image? He, he should up. have it in his head. But he... So before we wrap up, Paul, what uh, rating would you give to Hot Ticket? I would give less a thumbs up. Yeah? And there's a... 
I just think it's very good episodes. You know what I mean? I think I think it shows both the strength and weakness of both Fraser and Elle's character. Mm-hmm. And also, I think there's enough little funny bits in it too, like like when Martin is trying to explain the play to him, mm-hmm. and he cuts into Pride of the Yankees, and I'm like, for goodness sake, that that was Pride of the Yankees. Well, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But well, the, the fish, fish part, part that was right. You know. Well, then he says, I'm sure that, uh, the first part, I'm sure that, he said, I'm sure that was right. So all Fraser knew, he could be describing a scene to, uh, or Trevor that wasn't actually, and Martin might have got that confused as well. Yeah, so he just, like, Fraser just hits out with it. He's like, ah, but the, the fish part, and Sir Trevor's like, ah, yes, the, uh, the fish part. Uh, and I, like I say, I often thought, like, when Fraser was doing that, I honestly often thought that Sir Trevor, uh-huh. Was kind of wise to it, but appreciated the fact that he was at least. I he like he was at least trying, so he was giving them a little like ah the fish part yeah and because like, like he, t- he said to Nelson I'll be too specific about it because I was like clearly I hadn't seen it but I was like Fraser said the the didn't say us well he had the the luck of knowing at least one scene at least he was sure of the one of one scene so he was able to comment on the one scene yeah. enough to make it seem like he had seen the play. I just I think. I feel there was a lot more. I feel there was a lot more understanding between Sir Trevor and Fraser because Fraser took the time to at least, you know, he at least tried. Yeah, you know. I think I'm I'm middling to up because like I'm not I don't know if I'm quite up, but you know it's not you know it's bad in the, that uh, it's not a bad episode by no, any stretch no, of the it's imagination. Not, it's not. I definitely prefer it to the curse episode. I mean, come on, here. Give me those, you Philistine, you don't even know his name. Kick. <laughs> Another thing, which, containing that thing between Rollins and, and Snails, uh, I'd be stupefied if you didn't. <laughs> like, wait, so, when it seems like, oh, before you came in, have I forgotten about it? But I was watching, it, I'm sure you guys will get lucky. And I'm like, he's going to, and this blood saying, like, oh, please tell me Niles has a comeback for that. He's surely got one in the night today. I'll be stupefied. And the bit also is like, oh, I just wish I didn't love the thing so damn much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's gonna wrap to that's gonna do it for us here. Uh, with Scotland Round Podcast, our least installment of Fraser. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, you listen back to previous episodes of our Fraser reviews if you haven't already. Maybe go back from the start and see the progression of the shows from one episode to two and now to three. And anyone that fancies it should listen to our first episode uh-huh. ever done. I, even I don't want to listen back to that. Listen to the first episode ever done. Listen to this episode. See what you think. See, if, see you know the difference between Studio Us and this. Yeah. Studio Us, where I couldn't drink as much. <laughs> whereas. We found a way. Us now, <laughs> where I can drink whatever the hell I like, as long as I can still talk. <laughs> Sometimes that's probably a bad thing. But. Another thing we love talking about in terms of wrestling is Impact Wrestling, and we're going to get to that next week because I believe uh, next weekend is uh, the next Impact Plus Special Victory Road. Uh, you you know what the main event is, don't you? I do. And unlike Impact, we do not own the night. <laughs> I was going to say, because uh, we'll get to see Christian Cage defend the Impact title against Ace Austin. and The one true. And so before... That we're going to look back at the homecoming tournament, which I thought was really. What, neat. what is your prediction for that one, Scott? 
I think Christian's, Do you think Christian's Ace is going to win? No, I think Christian's going to hold it to, to Ben for glory. You really think so? I think so, yeah. So... I mean, I, mean, it's a, it, I don't think they want to change on an on a impact special. They want to change it on Ben for glory. No, outside the impact zone, all these companies involved, big little eyes on them. Yeah, let, let me ask you, listen, do you do you at any point see Ace Austin becoming Impact Champion? Yeah, I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure they could find a way to continue this story between them two, Bound for Glory, because it does seem like this could easily be a Bound for Glory match. But we can talk about that more next week. But we're going to talk about that. Like, yeah. What we think is going to happen. We can look back at Emergence where Christian made his first defense when he took on Brian Myers amongst other matches. We can talk yeah. about the Homecoming tournament. You can see, you know, stuff from stuff in the Forbidden Door. You've got Moose showing up in New Japan, very and Jeff being very dominant in AAA and the NWA. We also have to talk about. Uh, also, Christian Cage is a big topic as well. Yeah, we should we should also talk about John Moxley removing the GC Dub title from from Matt Cardona from Matt Cardona mm-hmm. as well. Oh, some of the work he was doing with that belt is just. I, I honestly believe that was done. Mm-hmm. Like removing the belt from him mm-hmm. was done because of the amount of shit <laughs> that he and Lay probably got for putting the belt on him in the first place. I don't get it. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen. I've seen a version of the belt where he's like altered it like, to like the colours of his like gear, yeah. and, he, and he's put like his logos on it. He, he tried to call it the GCW University. I'm pretty sure somebody said he made a spinner version of it just oh, to piss. No. Just, he's just doing the most WWE thing. To the most anti WWE crowd, just to annoy them, and basically being a WWE guy, because he, he and Hawkins admitted they didn't spend that much time on the Indies before getting the developmental contract, so they basically they were adjusting to everything. So basically, they are seen as WWE guys. So yeah. he used that to his advantage to play a really good heel, because he never really thought of Macron as a top heel, but then he showed in GCW, look at me, I can be a heel, I can get people to hate me. Oh, you have, all I have to do is show up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and dress like Vince McMahon did in ECW that one time, which he did. Yeah. But anyway, we can talk all about that and more at our Impact uh, show next week, Making an Impact. You can check out our past Impact episodes. Uh, you can back our Slammiversary show where we did predictions. And I won. Uh-huh. Fuck off. <laughs> Anywho. Suck my big toe. Oh, well, I mean, we could have mentioned this on, the show, on that show, but no, I'll mention it now. Congrats to Josh Alexander, by the way, who oh, uh, yeah. uh, 15, he was working out still all the time. He was working at a full-time job, and now you can officially say his full-time job is a professional. And can I just say something else mm-hmm. to counteract all your slaggings? Mm. John Nord. Fuck you. Yeah, that's what I thought, bitch. Well, this has ended on a sour note. <laughs> <laughs> well, good... But from us here, we hope you'll tune into our next episode on making an impact. Not, not as sour as beware of the dog, though. No, no, no. <laughs> but, you know, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, where it's America, the UK, wherever you're listening to us, we bid you adieu. Listen to our past episodes if you are so inclined. Follow us on Twitter at SBRambling. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash rampocket. You can get me at scottmccloud1996. Get me on Facebook. You can follow Rogue Opinions, which we're also at Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter. And remember, wherever you are, wherever you're doing, make sure you have a good day and good mental health. And have a good evening and okay mental health. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. Ha! <laughs> ha!
But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building <laughs> 